Right then, welcome or welcome back to the Midnight Podcast, where we have super in-depth, authentic, super transparent, open conversations with an array of different entrepreneurs from many different industries. I really want to make this a podcast known for going super in-depth on loads of topics that other podcasts are scared to speak about. I feel like most stuff out there these days is just super surface level, super vanilla, and doesn't really answer the questions that viewers and listeners want to hear. So that's what we're trying to do. Keep it real and keep it raw. I'm sure you'll get a huge amount of value listening or watching the pod wherever you are. And if you do, don't forget to subscribe, recommend it to a friend, leave a like and a comment and just let us know what you think. And yeah, really hope you enjoy this episode. Right, we're back with episode 54 of the Midnight Pod. It is the year... Well, I guess it's year in review, we're calling it now. Is that wine fucking disgusting? I feel, it just feels, it tastes like it's been out for a bit. Like, <laughs> it's not, it's brand new. It's brand new from Gorillas about 10 minutes ago. Um, oh. Last episode of the year, it's 28th of December. We're joined with Lucy, who is the... Go on, I want to see how The you brains behind a lot of the podcast, I suppose. Oh. And also does a lot of stuff for me on Space Goods. We've actually never met prior to today, even though I feel like I've told you more about my life than my own mum. <laughs> You've yeah, become, become a counsellor. Yeah, a therapist yes. as much as a member of the team and a very good one at that. Um, and yeah, nice to have you here on the pod. Thank you. It's nice to be here. And we're going to mix it up a little bit. I, I guess we kind of got three co-hosts today, sort of. And we're just doing a bunch of... You, you've come up with, what, a, a bunch of yeah. questions and general topics to review the year with. And then we have a few questions from viewers of the pod, which I left about half an hour <laughs> before we Prepared put the question out. Not not with enough time, basically, but we've got we've got a lot of questions, so. Yeah. So we'll see where we go with it. Um, and you can just chime in a little bit here and there. I, mean. I got told off for apparently taking over the Connor one. That was my feedback. He said that everyone said it was really good, but I took over too much, so. Well, yeah, I guess the, the whole thing with the pod then, is it's never it's never an interview. I hate when people say we interview people, or I interview no, people. To discuss. I've never it. wanted it to be an interview. It's a mutual discussion that has a, base theme which is the guest you know what I mean and then just conversation it um, and we are back on the wine as well we did whiskey in the last episode which I was not a fan of sorry Jason it was a very kind it's gesture but it's a heavy drink whiskey. it's a heavy drink I, I was just like throbbing headache it. halfway through and I felt quite angry <laughs> wine's, a different, wine's a different sort of mood although like wine out of the, the mugs is interesting it's the most male <laughs> flat in London we don't have any fucking glasses at all so yeah Standard practice. Okay, I'm just going to go straight in then. Where do you want to start? So, I mean, it's quite a cliche question, to be honest, but you can both answer it. One thing that you Is this all just about the year, sorry? Or just in general? So, some of it's about the year, and then some of it's more, like, general about, well, looking to next year, founding a business. A lot of the questions on the questions thing were just random. Um, yeah. one coming through the ceiling um, <laughs> um, a lot of the ones on the, no- the normal questions were just random questions as well which we could do yeah sweet deep <laughs> well one thing that you both wish you knew at the start of the year that you knew now or know now rather business wise um, don't trust supplement lead times <laughs> that'd be one that springs to mind Although that's a very boring answer. Um, is this something I didn't know at the start of the year? Yeah, like if there's something you kind of learned this year that would have been useful to know? Well, I mean, probably an obvious one that 
I, st- I always knew, but it's become more and more obvious is that I can't do it all myself. And like t- to an even greater extent, which you've been saying for years and you're much better at that. I'm just not good yeah. at hiring. Like it takes me ages to even trust people. And like the good people now in, in the small team that I do have, have come to me really because you DM me on Twitter. No, you tweeted and I replied to it. Yeah, that, that, that yeah, that to me though is a bet. That yeah. works better in my yeah. head than me trying to go out and like hire someone. It kind of feels forced. Whereas if, if I don't know if it comes out through like a genuine, I would like to be involved. Yeah, because it's like genuine interest, right? Same with Florian, who does a customer service. Like, I literally couldn't do the, run the business without him if he's watching. It's like, so so good. He just came from watching the pod. Yeah, you're gonna get more buy-in from those people. Yeah, and they're usually gonna be pretty switched on if they're finding, if they're if they're on Twitter in D to C. You don't consume a lot of D to C Twitter unless you're fairly money Twitter. <laughs> unless you're fairly, sw- yeah, fairly switched on or money Twitter even. So you're gonna find decent people. You should probably double down on that. Like you've you've done it passively, but why not like actively pursue it? Actively try and if you've got a role. I said this to you the other day because you're looking for that COO person, aren't you? You probably mm. be, you're, you're definitely better trying to find that from Twitter or something, unless you're going to go for someone who's like mad experienced, who's been in a done the exact same role at another company, which is also an option, I guess. But yeah, leverage the audience even further. I think building an audience is probably one of the like the power of content and building a personal brand of some form is one thing that I didn't appreciate at the start of the year. Yeah, I agree, actually. Around around whatever you... Well, you've obviously done it around a brand, I've done it around a service, but then uh, the, the benefit to us is more tangible, I guess, because you get, like... You get you, you get the odd... You, you get customers for it, but we get, like, clients, which are a lot higher value. Yeah. Um, probably that. I think communication. I think I've got a lot better at communicating over the last year. I think that's, like, obviously, fundamental skill. But it's, like, just, like, having difficult conversations when you have to have them. Um, and just communicating in general, getting things off your plate, helping people when they have a problem, being transparent um, with things like that. I think that was something I wasn't very good at at the start of the year, which I've noticed the power of that as well. Um, and what else? Probably expecting things to break if you try and grow them too fast. That's a problem as well. And growing things a bit slower so they don't break. Yeah. Definitely had that for a period of time. Um, those are probably the main things a bit like not as black and white I guess yeah I would definitely second the personal brand thing because I'm like the anti-personal brand personal brand because <laughs> I just I don't want to be seen as like a guru or someone that fucking forces it which I feel like 99% of personal brands do including yours because you have a fucking ghostwriter I don't anymore. I got on for like two weeks and they were rubbish. So I got rid of them. I literally I, see I Don's think... just tweeting platitudes that have been said a hundred thousand times. I never did that. That's why they, they wrote a load of tweets and I was like, I can't put these it's out. It's even worse when it's actually not a ghostwriter writing and it looks like one. Like, I think you can get away with that on LinkedIn. Certain people I'm thinking of. But you can't get away with it on Twitter. Probably does work though, because... It does. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I just thought the other day, and there's probably a few questions which are relevant to this. Like, I should definitely, when we've been speaking about it, I should definitely monetize my personal brand more because there's a lot of like stuff that people could get out of it they just haven't bothered to like do i.e. like the fucking events and you know that sort of stuff um even just like the econ course yeah like I think just you don't push it at all yeah. even though i should i don't really push it that hard I, I did for the start of the year but i haven't recently it's just like you 
people will be able to get a lot of value from it because you don't need to know that much more than someone to be valuable to them. Yeah, like 10% that's more definitely like the rule. a shift. And a personal brand is just a modern CV, really, isn't it? It's also like, obviously not everyone's. You don't have to be on like you have to you don't have to have a big following to be successful, but I think it's a bit of an insurance policy as well. Like your business could fail, but worst you just case, just shill a course. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, but no. But if you build a personal brand and people know you for who, for what you've built, then it's very easy to go and pick something else up. Or yeah, pick up I, I agree with that. My opportunity with Connor and doing. What I'm doing with him came through Twitter and I met him through that and I wouldn't have met him if I didn't start putting content out. Same with the second agency we launched, that came through that pretty much. Yeah. You just get opportunities. Then it, then it's about saying no to not saying yes to too much, which is another problem. Like I've, I've I'm at my limit now, I can't do anything more. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> just like no more stuff for the next year. That is true then. It's like create over consume because most people, even people that are running businesses, like, and that's where the whole like pool party social club thing came from which someone has asked me a question on that and it's like everyone wants to like meet up or whatever it's almost like fucking dating but no one's willing to like say it because we're all like internet friends but actually you could just be you could make real life connections as well do you know what I mean and having a good yeah just having that credibility and context on who you are but networking's massive like networking's even people that thing. said they'd never do a personal yeah. brand that I know have definitely started to jump on it a little bit more because it's just so obviously beneficial even doesn't have to be financially but just like meeting people building a reputation but even hiring right because the better your personal brand the more people you're going to find on places like Twitter that want to yeah. work for you okay? yeah. so you're going to get better talent as well definitely yeah The better, like you, like you said the better talent will come to you and it's all part of like a funnel like a marketing funnel for everything whether it's people or a service I also think as well a lot of, myself included a lot of people and just in general, are just scared to put their like true self on the internet because they have to uphold this perception. And to me, honestly, like I probably refrained from putting certain content out on the internet before because I thought maybe it might affect how a girl looks at me rather than like it. Because it might, while it might be appealing to like an investor, if I'm talking about, I don't know, fucking failed business in the past, like even though it's probably the most toxic way to look at it, like, oh, what if this girl looks at it? Like, do you know what I mean? You are Whereas actually, you may as well just be yourself. Because he's going to find out anyway. You are money Twitter's most transparent man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also if it's the right girl, this is not like a relationship podcast, but if it's the right girl, she it won't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, this I know. What's been missing? We're de- we're definitely, actually, I, I have an idea of an episode in general. We can probably do it at the end of this, but just get like three guys and three girls in and just completely switch it up. Like, you know, there's ones in America... Like, um, what's the one called that's really famous? I don't know the name, but I know what you're talking Fresh and one. Fit. I know the one you mean, I think. Fresh I've and Fit. And it's like, it. loads of, it's like in like Miami or some shit. It's very American, but I was listening to one on the train coming down here. And it was it's always interesting. But anyway, that, that's enough on that question. But then, so I actually have a question about your sharing on the internet, generally. Because um, you always say it's net positive. But is there anything you like regret sharing this year? Or is there anything that you wish you hadn't shared? probably wish I'd spoke about my ex-girlfriend less because at the time <laughs> but then it, but at the time it was relevant yeah it's yeah. a growth growth lesson but, uh, I, I don't sh- I, I just don't share to the level Matt shares to be fair um, just because I use it as a different tool and like it, it, yeah I don't think it would be beneficial to what we do for me to do that and I just don't 
just not not my way of venting. Everyone get everyone needs to get it out in some way. Um, so no, nothing from my side. I don't think. I don't think anyway. Anything from? You've already said you're. Apart a bit. from your ex <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you could probably argue that. And I've even had people say this to me recently. Like maybe I'm too honest about the non-successful parts of even like just building a brand because someone could argue, well, that could put off, I don't know, an investor, a person, whatever, but then it's going to come out eventually. Mm. Like the, the, if you just tell the truth, no yeah. one's ever got any doubt on you. Do you know what I mean? Like, just, I just, that's just the way I operate. It's arguably like an easier life. Long term is less unexpected, right? Yeah, because so many people seem so obsessed with keeping up appearances and maybe that's actually way more profitable than it probably is, at least if they're like shilling courses and shit. But eventually, like, there's going to be some scandal that reveals <laughs> the truth. So if you're just honest, also I don't know. builds more trust in you if you do sell something to someone. Because, like, if you're going to go sell, if you went to sell a course to someone off the back of a very transparent personal brand, then yeah, it's very just like, trust trust, trusting because um, everything you do is more authentic. Yeah. So, I'm trying to think if there's anything. I do, I do think for the, the key to other people obviously jumping on the bandwagon we just talk about this with other people doing that kind of build series I think it's fine to do as soon as you've got like a big enough like moat that people can't just rip your product idea and do it yeah people have said that to me actually quite a few people it's, it's just so much easier said are you not worried that someone's so just going to easier you? said than done I'm just like no because ideas are so a million ideas I mean they're going to go and do it and I also think in a way, if you're so publicly the founder and it's authentically, you are clearly the one that like started that, whatever it is, gradient packaging powder. <laughs> then it's like, someone would have to have some big balls to rip you off. It's so evidently not their idea. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And especially you've got a following. Like happens someone's ripped me off, I just call them out. And, and it would be like, their reputation's ruined. Happens in SaaS sometimes where people overshare on their idea and then someone with more resource just rips it in like a quarter of the time and takes yeah. it to market and makes all the money before they can. But it's much harder, I think it's much harder to do for a brand that's, your brand's very creative. If it was something with low, you don't see any drop shippers going like, oh, this is mm. my whole marketing plan and supply chain infrastructure. Because obviously someone just goes <laughs> and rips it and yeah. out markets them. Um, but I think it's hard to do that for an actual brand with a vision. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so for this year, your proudest accomplishment? Um, well, it's funny because I, I was looking back at it's when you go home for Christmas and shit. That's mm. like the one, it always feels like every year flies by. And I was always a bit of me thinks nothing's changed, but then you actually look at the facts and quite a lot has changed. I don't know. I feel like that the marathon was quite, um, yeah, quite a good one. What's, <laughs> what's the word? Quite. Um, what's the fucking word? Monumental. Like a. I was just gonna say like, I don't even know. Monumental. Glorious. It was quite. <laughs> um, I don't know. What's the fucking word I'm looking for? I guess it was a good marker. I don't know. I just like I'd got into telling myself I wasn't a runner, and I don't know. I, I just liked the fact that it was, was away from a screen rather than just purely chasing numbers on a screen. So, and it was, yeah, like the principles in that, I think, tie over into anything. You know, just focus, discipline, consistency, time. Yeah. So it was probably the most clear goal I set. Um, 
I did set a goal to do a million with the new brand. We've done that as well, which is quite cool. Because it's easy to say that, but then you actually go and do it. And it's like the ultimate alchemy, isn't it? Because it's nice to know I could do it again. Because I fucking lost my confidence big time when shit yeah. went tits up the other year. That's just the truth. But it's nice to know it's not a fluke. And you can actually start again and do it again. Like the zero to a million, which a lot of people say is the hardest part. Which I I'm not sure, I'm not convinced it is because I've got there yeah, a few yeah. times and struggled to get much further past it. But yeah, um, probably probably the marathon, but there are a few others. Yeah, I, I didn't do any fitness stuff this year. I, <laughs> I did. So. I, I did it for the. I was into it for the first half of the year, then just let it slide. So I, I need. That's part of my next year is doing some actual like more off offline shit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Mine's probably like. We we hit all of the targets we set for both the agencies, which is good. Um, we've just got a lot of people now. I find that the most like quite rewarding part of the agency side is the people. Like we've got we we hire a lot of our people with no experience and train them to be like really good at the job. So like we've got like what something like nearly fifty people across the two companies, which is actually a lot of people. Yeah. For for twenty twenty five, I find it a lot of people maybe. In like five or ten years, it wouldn't be that many, but um, I think that's quite a cool accomplishment to have a team that big that's working like effectively. What do you look for, like, in those people if they're like they're not skilled to do the job when you hire? What's the like number one thing you can take notes? <laughs> <laughs> we we have, we have like a, a we we hire for culture fit first. So like the the reason for this is because like you can especially now you can teach people. To, Facebook ads pretty quickly. You can teach people creative strategy. You can teach people like post-click optimization. You can and like those things. Like every, there's a lot of very good resources that help you teach them that. And then you also just get them to shadow someone who's much more senior than them, and they pick up the skills over time. So if you've got a really structured onboarding and roadmap to training someone, mm. like you can bring someone in and ramp them to really proficient in like three to six months, and then just like obviously hold the hand as they get onto the work so it's a lot easier to teach that but you can't fundamentally teach someone to be like motivated self-aware proactive uh curious like just like have those fundamental character traits like it's, it's a lot easier to teach on facebook as it is to teach someone to be a proactive person yeah. mm. so we go and hire people who are fundamentally like switched on growth mindset proactive individuals and we teach them the skills so like more soft skill so we'll do like a culture fit interview, then we'll do like a like a test basically, and then we'll do like a more practical thing, and it works really well. Um, obviously, you want to you got to you got to have like skilled senior people for that to work, but most companies probably do. As, and not every business we do. Not interestingly for the company that we're building with Connor, it's the way we're going about hiring is a lot more like just hiring people who are like some of the best people you can get in each position just because of the different structures but um it's worked really well for us i'd rather have i'd rather have someone who's like soft skills are great than someone who's really proficient at a role if you can if you have the infrastructure to train them which mm. you probably you probably need a mixture of the two well you sounds like you've hired loads of people who already come come in and smash the job because they've got experience yeah, like me. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with so anything. So you need a bit of a mixture. But what do you look? What's like the thing that you would look for there? Like when you're like 
people in your Twitter DMs or whatever. Well, like. honestly, instinctively, just someone that I probably get on with for, yeah. for a start. Because if we don't get on, we're never going to be able to work together. So that's probably why I'm maybe subconsciously super honest. It's almost like a test. It's like if I can't just, if I can't just fucking just be myself around him, yeah. then maybe that's a very unprofessional way of doing things. But No, but you spend so much of your time at work. You may as well be yeah. with people you like, especially if it's your company, right? That, like, that's part of the culture fit thing. Yeah. Like we won't, we'll hi- part of that is like, do we like you as a person? And I feel like gut feeling is big as well. Mm. People and also just gut the feeling. one thing for me is like, do, do I actually feel like they can just do it without me having to even be involved, which is a nice surprise. Because like in the past, I felt like I had to handhold everyone. You probably need someone who can do that handholding process for people for a period of time when they join, because it's very hard to just be like, you go own this, and mm. no one's going to give you anything, which is what you're trying to find, I guess. Yeah. Then I think it works the other way as well. Like, if you're looking for work or looking to work for someone, I wouldn't want to work for someone that I don't like respect or think is a good human, like, you know, <laughs> generally. Yeah. Because, I don't know, it's like who you surround yourself with, right? Yeah, the whole like I think that's been said like literally a million times but being a product of who you work with and who you surround yourself with yeah that's my <laughs> two cents on that yeah. one no, you just spend 70% of your time there so yeah. it's like yeah oh there's a good one in the questions from so it, it, did, are you going through all yours first how, how are you doing it no are I'm literally doing going, a general Q&A they were all mine thing? but now I'm just going to go through the there's some good ones from I think it's Instagram who is the number one person you've looked up to and learned from this year? Um, <laughs> is that for somebody you know? No. I mean, yeah, to be honest, it, it probably is people I know. It's probably, mm. probably two of my investors particularly. I'd probably say Alex and Jimmy because I would probably speak to them the most. They are financially the most successful people I know, which is probably correlates with their ability um, the older and wiser than me and yeah I've probably learned a lot from both of them in different ways I mean Jimmy obviously built a D2C business and sold it which is exactly what I'm trying to do and Alex built a massive SaaS business and sold it for like nine figures so they've properly been there and done that um, yeah probably them uh, amongst sprinklings from plenty of other people as well but they're probably two names that spring to mind they're both solid. <laughs> both solid. I, uh, I don't know. Mine are different for different areas. I guess like who do you look up to and who I consume content for for an outcome is probably mm. different. Like mm. I've consumed a lot of different people's content, but I wouldn't say I necessarily because they're really really good at what they do. But I wouldn't say like I idolise them as a person. Um, I'm just, that's a, I don't know actually. So like. People I've put like David Alex, Goggins like Alex well. Homo- yeah Alex Homozi I consume so much of his stuff because he's just ridiculously switched on. Um, I watched that my first million podcast. I find them both really insightful and interesting because they both sold massive businesses multiple times. There's a few people on Twitter. There's that Cody Plopka who runs Jones Road Beauty. That's why like, he got a lot of shits. It's like his mum's business or some shit. Yeah, but it's absolutely massive, and he's and just the content he puts out is really high level and good and you yeah. can learn a lot from it so he's really good um, so yeah there's a lot of people who I consume content for who I guess you'd look up to for what they've achieved um, and then yeah you've got like the, the Goggins ones of the world He's yeah, just kind of ever present I like Goggins mindset Andy Frisella still 
yeah class I he's become a bit of a political preacher over the last like mm. don't follow him as much these days to be fair no but yeah there's probably a few okay and like looking to next year more like the biggest problem you can see on the horizon <laughs> you've got no stop mate yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's nearly solved what, what in life or well you can interpret it how however but I guess for the businesses but also maybe in life probably linked no my biggest problem is I'd probably fall in love with a new girl and she'll fucking distract <laughs> me for six months that's just the honest truth um, few few will admit that I have a habit of doing that yeah you do um, high risk in all areas I think the other biggest right, problem biggest risk I probably t- I'll probably try and chad scale too quick again which is just a habit I have and I don't want to make that same mistake again of trying to go too quick and just breaking shit because I'm very impatient we did that as well go too fast things break it's just it, like even in the past month I've, I've had to really look at things and be like ah oh, okay I probably would actually be more sensible if I slowed down a bit and focused on other things rather than just growing revenue so that's probably instinctually the two things and yeah plenty of others but what am I when you rely on so the, obviously the economy is part of it but like you just can't really do much about that yeah I hate even speaking about that it's shit just telling me the world's gonna end I even like look at it um, I don't know I feel like the the SAR as an agency is pretty like the growth path for that seems pretty simple it doesn't like it's just build more awareness and hire more people who are good um, he's gonna fucking get about a million quid in revenue from this <sighs> that one episode we did I swear I should have put an affiliate link on that <laughs> I just I, I don't that's really the thing with agencies the AOV is so high like yeah, this audience is perfect well, that, that one that one wait so I need to sponsor the pod we could sponsor the pod but I just soft sells better isn't it <laughs> you know AKM sponsored it but they, they never fucking paid me the referral fee so I took their link out ruthless um hate to say it I think not having the right like the, not being able to make the right hires when we need to we really need to hire some people really quickly to keep the growth path that we've been going on, on at Tev like as soon as humanly possible which you don't really want to be in a position where you hire out of like need or necessity you want to hire from a place of like having time to make the right decision so kind of having to ha- like having to make that work in the short terms probably the the biggest problem but it's not really that it's not impossible obviously we can leverage some of our agency resources as part of that so it's not too bad but it's that's probably the biggest thing um and then maybe tiktok getting banned if that happens i don't see how that won't happen but just can't see how something on that scale gets banned like it got regulated but yeah you can't get banned it'll get so it surely just gets sold to a us well, they already did do that, didn't it? I did not go through. Can't I mean, remember. it got banned where I live in Hong Kong. I should definitely know this. Have you been on Chinese TikTok? It's nuts. <laughs> but you have on a, on a VPN. It's wild. Is yeah. it? so you have to go on a VPN to, to post my shit, no? A desktop VPN as well. You can't even do your mobile really? VPN. Yeah, yeah. It's wild when you go on there. Like every third video is like a, it comes up with a thing saying, "Are you sure you want to be on the app?" Really? And it's all educational. Fucking hell! And it's fair like. Play. <laughs> So I feel like they've just communism released, or genius. They've released this like serotonin weapon on the on the West, um, and then just like limited it for themselves. It's mad. It's That's a good way of putting it. Serotonin weapon. Dopamine, weapon. Kind of dopamine weapon. Sorry. Like what's the difference between dopamine and serotonin? Um, 
the serotonin happiness, dopamine's pleasure, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, so. It's something I'm not it's fast, up, it's fast action dopamine, isn't it? When you get like scrolling through the videos, and that's mm. why people become like. I don't go on TikTok. I've got a, a blockage on my phone, and I can't go on it. I right, because I can't. Because like I've blocked myself. Didn't trust himself. Oh really? No, it's like months ago I did this. Yeah. I've never really because I because I live somewhere it's banned. I've never really had it, so I don't. But I feel like I don't need it because. Because it's definitely worse than Instagram, as in like it's more addictive. Yeah, it's just really? full of crap as well. It's just like, it's, just, it's funny. I, I, do, I don't have it either. I've not had it for like three or four months, which is a bit weird. The baby's head candle has melted to a dangerous extent, so I've blown it out. <laughs> that was a Christmas present. You're not, you're not... Cleaning up the highest quality wax. Oh, you are recording. Yeah, of course I am. Sorry. <laughs> Shouldn't doubt your, your skills as a host. Okay, I've still got like... 2023 questions there is one this we're only one. half an hour in so there better be a lot more questions that we can drag them out oh there's a lot more questions don't worry any plans this one's for matt any plans for pool party social club in 2023 yes well look at the grin <laughs> this was another one of my random i'm very good at having a random spark on idea <laughs> then designing a logo and a website and then not doing anything with it for months I used to do that with brands all the time I've literally still got a folder of if anyone wants to buy a brand idea of me I should start <laughs> selling that like done for you brand launch but yeah the whole idea of that was basically just broadly loads of people online we have this community why don't we do something in person basically that was the broad idea of it at first and then I started thinking oh we should all fucking buy a mansion together because I got overexcited while drunk in Marbella in this sick mansion I thought wouldn't it be cool if the pod audience could buy this mansion between us? Then I didn't really consider the logistics, even though it could be done, but that would be like the next step. So then long story short, I decided that the first step is probably going to be some sort of Discord community, which is pending. So look out for that. The second step is the in-person events. Um, I feel like the third step is actually buying mansions together, which, which could genuinely be done. But let's just start with level one and two. And then the fourth step, long term, I think we could actually make a venture capital fund from like a podcast audience. And like, I actually think about that. If we keep doing the pod, grow it to fucking million subscribers, everyone puts in 100 quid, we've got 100 million pound fund, hypothetically. And then we should start, like, I honestly think that is how things will be done in, like, in the future and going forward. You know, things are moving more and more towards creator and community led and so on. But a lot of creator audiences aren't particularly like, affluent or intelligent whereas I think our audience is pretty niche in that respect like the majority of people that watch this are business owners or aspiring business owners so yeah that's a long answer for yes um, the first two things will be coming in like the next month we're going to do an event in London we're going to do one in Bali like next week so I just randomly thought fuck it it's a classic case actually of me thinking I got this idea I really want to do it but I'm worried that if I'd launch it and it's not very good, then what would people think? Blah, blah, blah. And it's complete hypocrisy based on what I just said like 10 minutes ago about just doing it anyway. So yes, I'm going to force myself to do the first event because once I've done the first one, it's like doing the first podcast episode. Once you do the first one, you get a bit of feedback. Probably won't be perfect. Then we'll do plenty more. But ultimately, yeah, the whole broad idea of it is it's just a fucking cool name to describe a fucking... What did I say online? I think it's an in-person and online community for creative, ambitious people or something. There's not really many of them in the UK that we were going to do. Isn't. We were going to do. And the ones event. that do exist, even outside the UK, in my opinion, are very like nerdy and not actually that cool. I thought Geek, Geek Out's really good, to be honest. I learned a lot there. 
you, you went to it then didn't yeah. you? Yeah, well, I, I wasn't <laughs> thinking of Geek Out, but I think Geek Out is probably a bit, even a bit, a bit more specialist, like knowledge focused, whereas yeah, to me, I, I just want to, I just want to basically have an excuse to fucking send with interesting people. That's honestly it. Because that is where I've facilitated. That's where I've done the best networking in my life is just getting loose in foreign countries. So if we can monetize that somehow <laughs> and at least just have it pay for itself, that's really the baseline goal. You can make events profitable pretty easily with an affluent audience. Just got to make sure that they over deliver on the value, like anything. Like if someone's going to come to it, like how that's... It's like a specialist, that, that event, but it's like people... Like some people will want to come for the reasons you just mentioned but some people will want to, a lot of people who come to this will want to come to fundamentally take things away that they can action obviously network is one big thing but like depending on how expensive it is I guess if we're probably not going to do that expensive but like if you're going to put on a proper I, I think there's a massive value if, and I wanted to do this so we still might do it of having like an e-commerce event in the UK at quite a high ticket oh, yeah, you price mentioned that. because well, that's basically yeah we could do yeah it, you yeah. could spin it off that like obviously what you're talking about is more of like a networking event where it's more like drinks food whatever I think there's yeah. there's still massive value in like a t like an educational event that has that side of it because there's, there's it's really it's pretty well serviced in the US but it's not very well serviced here and that's a bit like the, like it's still a massive market of people. Um, and also there's a there's value in like making it slightly higher price just by desire like default increases the quality of attendee usually mm. like most things mm. obviously you don't want to price people out but and that's not what I'm saying but like if if something's five grand then the up. people who come usually you can guarantee are going to be quite high level because they're willing to spend that money as long as you make the event good enough um, we looked into that we just didn't have the bandwidth last year to do it and I still don't have the bandwidth to do it now but I'd love to do it I think it'd be good fun yeah I also just want to do it in exotic locations which is why it was called pool pie because I I, I've always felt most at home in a wavy shirt in a palm tree esque location working on a laptop that's where like the whole thing started that's where I met people originally like Bali and shit and yeah, you're so spent. we would do like London Marbella Barcelona Dubai mm. Bali probably I'm not good at this. Um, yeah, so that's the broad plan. Um, I watched your. Um, but again, I just need to fucking do the first thing, really, instead of, of talking about. It. I've got an email list with two and a half thousand people on it that signed up, interested in yeah, that. That was that's a lot of people on the email list. There's a lot of dons. Yeah. Oh, he's just pulled me like a pint yeah, of wine. That's a lot of wine. <laughs> so Sorry. we've got two and a half thousand people on the list. So I just need to do something with it because there's a lot of people that are interested in the concept, and I get messages on it daily. Like, when the fuck is this actually happening? So I should probably just do the first one on a small scale test, and we'll go from there. Yeah, when we get, when are you gonna do it? When are we gonna do it? You, me, I don't know. <laughs> I think you've got to do the first one within the next like six weeks. I think February start of February and, and do it in London. So because London's just the easiest place to start. Granted, it won't exactly be exotic. There'll be no palm trees, but yeah, you say you're most at home in exotic palm tree locations. You've sat in a flat in London for the last seven months. Yeah, I know. Christ, I'll probably off. never come back from Bali tomorrow. Yeah, you're going. Yeah, I think that'd be good. I think there'll be a lot of people who will come. Um, and then as long as I could just run it every quarter and then as we improve it, um, probably spin off more stuff. I think the Discord is valuable as well as long as it's structured and the the, the value is the people you have in it, really. And yeah. also people turning up to this, the things, like if you're going to put content on, Q&As, like have people... Actually, come into them because that's when you get the most value of it. Because we're in, 
I'm in a ma- we're in two masterminds, I think, and they're a bit like, like I, I don't mind them, but the one of them's turned into the fact that every time I turn up for a call, rather than me getting value from it, they just ask me loads of questions, which is therefore like, why am I really a part of this? But I think you should always be part of something like that. It's just the fastest way to learn is to surround yourself with people who have already done what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. How do you, you know, you're saying about like the first time you do something, how do you get over that though? Because I feel like that's something that everyone struggles with, right? Doing something for the first time is like scary. So what makes you actually do it? Just accept it's not going to be as good as you want it to be Mm. and know that you need feedback to make something better. So it it differs depending on what it is. Like launching a business, you should always just try and go fairly fast. Like people try and perfect something before getting proof of concept. So then you spend loads of money doing something that might not work which is stupid like obviously some businesses you need to for something like an event I think it's just like launch it make sure it's pretty well planned and decent and then get feedback and ask people for feedback so you can make it better every time feedback loops are the most important thing like getting feedback from everywhere yeah yeah and you also when you've done something else for the first time, like start a business, for example, then like starting a new thing the first time, you know, it's still the first time that you've done the first thing before with something else. So you have a bit more context. I suppose when it's your very first time trying anything, you just got to fucking have some balls and do it. And just realise that anyone that's fucking judging you or hating on you has probably never done anything or will ever do anything with their life anyway. So including the cunt that said my rapping was shit. I'd like to see you rap after two bottles of wine in Marbella one take on a song you've never heard before so DM me and we can arrange a live call to do that maybe you could start money twitter rap battles yeah legit oh I'll happily do a rap battle with anyone Good live we could do that at the first event that'd be a sight have yeah. a wayfly event all over again yeah fucking hell some people take shit way too seriously so I'm very self-deprecating I can yeah. put some shit up not, it's not, I'm not trying to be fucking Drake it's not my debut album <laughs> Although I, I I would back myself to make an album if I really wanted to, <laughs> but yeah. Okay, this is another audience question. What's your favourite business idea that you've never acted on? Pool party social club. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Probably. Okay, but what about from your folder of brands that like you've never launched? If you want to I had an them. idea of doing fake tattoos years and years and years ago before I knew about Inkbox, which is the place I got fake tattoos, which you may have noticed on my arms for the recent episode, which was because they last two weeks after the Dream Dust shoot. So I think <laughs> I think that's a fucking great idea. Yeah. And that's the only brand I've seen in the world that has properly scaled that. I don't know how big they are, but it's got to be multi-nine figures in revenue. Like, it's crazy. Because it's such a good idea. Such a good I would idea. never get a tattoo, but the fact I can have it for two weeks and look like a different person, kind of different character, if I'm, I don't know, going on holiday or whatever... And also trial a tattoo. But I did have that idea like years ago. Not saying that they stole it off me, but <laughs> also, I remember thinking that. Economically, that business must be so nice. Like your yeah. postage is, every, everything must be letters. Like, small letter, yeah. yeah. Small letter. Everything must be so cheap to manufacture. So cheap. Like, like 95% margins. Like, yeah, you're basically just printing paper. Are they like, expensive? Is they're it pretty, like- They're not cheap. Like, it's like 15 quid for one that would go on your arm but I bet it costs 20p to me yeah. but then you get like people aren't just going to buy one I bought seven right. yeah that's what I mean like most people are going to so, buy five, six, seven at a time and then if you're also I imagine the repeat customer rate is pretty decent on that sort of thing mm-hmm. if you're buying them 
ones people probably trial tattoos or do they do custom stuff yeah, that's probably I've got more expensive like, the, the body chip yeah. <laughs> going out full sleeve yeah um, yeah that's a, that's a I'm trying to think of a business off the top of my head I'm, I really like boring businesses I really want to own a boring business mm. I've said this before like you already do <laughs> yeah but even more boring like I think like you could make loads of money taking like online marketing principles and applying them to something like a fucking fencing yeah no one wants to do it fencing or roofing yeah but like proper generational wealth if you go and try and dominate like the landscaping businesses Got in, an north, example of that. in the north of England two richest guys I ever met when I was younger for the first time like entrepreneurs I met when I was doing this placement I was like 18 and there were these two brothers from Birmingham and they, one of them drove a Rolls Royce and the other drove a Lamborghini. I'd never seen anyone that had these cars. And I was like, what, the, what do you do? And they, they ran a business called CFS and Contract Fire Solutions and they do sprinklers in stadiums. Yeah. And it was 150 million revenue. Something like that. There's, and I was like, you don't think about shit like that. Yeah. There's more. But if you can do it well, there's always going to be a market for it. That's what I mean. Like those kind of, but when I say boring businesses, I literally mean like fencing, roofing, landscaping, like things that people will never Always, not need. Yeah. Like, like who makes the fucking plastic that goes on this cable? Yeah. Yeah. I know someone done. who does that. I know someone in Hong Kong oh, whose family really? business is like the... Yeah. Plastic He's rich. Yeah. <laughs> He's really rich. It's like, D2C is, is obviously like the more like the sexy thing. Yeah, it is. But yeah. there's like, there is inherently more money in boring shit. So like going and dominating like the, the, the like roofing market in four cities in the UK the unit is very hard for someone to come in once you've got a market share and just take that from you where it's quite it's a lot easier it's still hard for you to to like for an agency go to go from seven figures to nothing overnight and it's still hard for a DTC brand to go from a million a month to nothing but it's it's still it's probably more likely than for you to just that business just to stop existing yeah and there's also like once you've done it in one place you could probably replicate that success over and over again because most people who run those companies don't have a clue what they're doing um, but maybe I'm, I don't know I've never actually looked into it so I don't know if it'd work um, I heard a really good business idea that I liked which was split testing menus on delivery for, for, for companies <laughs> I think that was on a podcast I listened to I think that's that, a great that's a idea. idea like a CRO for like menus which I think was quite cool Um yeah, that's a good idea. It's like so, so many like small things like that. I think are cool business ideas. I just don't have any more time to do anything, unfortunately. Yeah, that's the thing you realise, isn't it? That's the thing I've realised. Like, I mean, obviously ideas are worthless, but if you want to really do something well, you probably got to do it for like five plus years at least, like on one thing. Unless you get a team, and in certainly place. stay in the same realm at least. At least I've never, I haven't gone from like forex to fucking ecom. At least I stayed in ecom, even though granted, I've not done one brand for like ten years yet. But yeah. But then what's your opinion on like, you know, I think, well, it's commonly said like you should focus on literally one thing in your business and like just focus on one business. I'm incapable of focusing on one thing. What's your opinion on like whether you should just focus on like I've, one thing? I've thought about thing? this a lot and debated it a lot. Because even with the podcast, when I paused that for a while, in my head that was like, because it's not the brand. I but then I, I do feel like me. I do feel like they relate and, mm. and they complement each other. And it's net beneficial for me not to be fucking staring at a yeah. screen by myself all the time. It's also a hobby. Like, so, you can class yeah, this as exactly. a hobby. Mm. Like, you can class it as a hobby, yeah. And I think it's also probably quite, particularly when running a brand, I think if you can have a separate thing that is like a cash flow vehicle, which the podcast has been, not to the extent, I haven't pushed that much, it hasn't been like a crazy extent, but like 
definitely has covered my life for like the past year just on that small bit of monetization I've done and that's very different to like building a brand where you've got investors and you're ultimately hoping to one day sell it because that's something a lot of people don't realise as well that's why there's 90 fucking agencies for every brand but even if a brand's really profitable and Connor probably says this I don't know but even well he's fucking rolling in it but like you're buying stock you know it's different it's not it's not like it's not like an agency where it's big margin you know no stock requirements so I think it's good to maybe have have two different things and it's taken me a while to kind of realise that but that's the way I view it now but I couldn't do more than that I think but they're all in the same sort of realm same with your shit I think even I don't understand how you do as many things with great struggle uh, I think it depends on where you are in the journey and also what you want to do I think people again I've said this before like you shouldn't just do like you should do something if you're first getting into something you should do something to sustain your lifestyle and get you out the 9 to 5 if that's what you want to do which isn't again isn't the only path in life and yeah it's optimal but then once you've done that it's like what do you actually want to do like do you want to do you want to like you've then got the luxury to choose your own path almost and spend your time on what you're actually passionate about so then you might end up doing two things but one thing's the actual passion the other thing's like a facilitator you might find like as we as I've done we've got the, the the other businesses I'm involved with ones come from like wanting to do it because I enjoy that as much or more secondly because they're in a position where I can do that because we've built a team and then thirdly just due to like situational things like having to bring other people in to start them things like that um, I think fundamentally though you'll always get further with one thing if you just spend all your time on it like just would just would if I spent all my time on one business that's not the that's not the one <laughs> we haven't chinned too don't worry I was going to say sorry I don't um, know anymore yet yeah I think it's I don't think there's a right or right right answer to that I don't think you can apply an absolute to that kind of statement. depends on the person depends on the person right? depends on what they want to do yeah it's also like if you find building things fun right like it doesn't feel like what well, it does sometimes but it doesn't always feel like work yeah, there's a guy on Twitter called... Is he called Levioso? Levioso? Levioso, Levioso I think it is. Levioso. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you mean. Guardian, Guardian, yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. Uh, he's built, like... He, he's like a one-man band doing ridiculous numbers, but he, and he's just a builder, an inherent person who loves building things. Like, And he's built these AI softwares. He's built seven or eight different softwares because he clearly just loves building shit. And, like, I, I think if you asked him, he'd probably be like, oh, if I did less stuff, these two or three could probably get like 10 times bigger but it's like mm. if he doesn't enjoy doing that he doesn't enjoy doing it um, so I think it's like finding that balance within yourself and what you want to do I mean like what's I feel like people founding businesses are often like a certain type or have some things in common at least like what's the most important values you think you need to have <clears throat> to found a successful business I'm still trying to make a successful one but <laughs> mindset mm. yeah I mean, self-motivation mm. intrinsically self-motivated mindset and then self-awareness I think are the three I'd things. say just being a doer over a talker yeah I've always been very good at doing like just fucking saying I do something the next day the website's there like mm. so many people that spend 17,000 years saying next week I'm gonna do. Just fucking start. Massive action. Because once you start, it's momentum, innit? You keep, one thing leads to the next, leads to the next. 
and before you know it you're in a different fucking country with a different person doing a different thing potentially yeah so massive action yeah self-awareness is big Mm. and being able to like seek I I think the ability to solve your own problems as well it's people who ask I see this in comments on stuff like even comments on your stuff on Twitter more so than mine is like people asking questions that if you just slap it in Google it'll give you the answer in two seconds yeah the ones that watch my shit don't realise how clueless I am about almost everything I'm doing it's just like painful when people (laughs) ask you Google questions like stuff like that just like being a bit like self-reliant and resourceful um probably the biggest things I don't know that's quite a that's quite a lengthy list <laughs> yeah so many things isn't it I feel like this time of year is also when people like look in their notes at like the business idea that's been sat there like the whole year and actually contemplate doing something about it but I reckon like what less than well way less than half actually do something about it I also just fundamentally think risk risk taker in it like mm. I think that's what entrepreneur means by definition it's so cliche but it's very true and like it's just, it's just not wanting to take a risk or anything you're just never going to do anything like ultimately it's not, it's not like you're flipping a coin either because you can control the input yeah that's why I always take when people are like oh bash like even tax rates for people who own businesses it's like well you're not taking the risk of pay. like I, I, I do I, it's like appreciating like we have the fundamental like duty to pay 50 people a month mm. and it's not even 50 people it's like 50 people plus anyone that's reliant on them for that income which is like quite a lot of responsibility when you actually think, sit back yeah. and think about it. Like, but I feel like no one. That's why I quite like think building a team is pretty mental when you when you sit back and like, whoa, this is a lot of people who are fundamentally relying on this entity working and like not just disappearing overnight, which is inherently possible. Yeah, it's very possible. And like, that's a big motivating factor daily because it's like, we have a, it's not like, oh, this now pays me money. Mm. It's like, this now sustains like, like 50 people, then maybe 10 of those have like kids or families or reliance on them, which I think a lot of people don't appreciate. Yeah, I'm always amazed when like the culture of the UK is bashing like entrepreneurship and capitalism. So where do these dons think the businesses that like, everyone works for come from like originally there's one don that started a business every, literally every single organisation was ultimately started by one person or a group of people and that, and that has to be someone that's willing to take the risk like yeah. do people just think it comes out of thin air that actually amazes me sometimes <laughs> like the narrative broadly from society when everyone's like bashing on like successful people instead of just like wow they actually built something from scratch and add, add a lot to the economy and you know it's just a strange attitude it's like tall poppy syndrome isn't it it's a very Australian English thing in America you don't seem to see that as much they kind of praise that more but yeah it's a big risk isn't it everyone wants everyone's jealous of the, the entrepreneur that maybe they see the fruits of it but no one's jealous when the business goes tits up and they get death threats for six months online i.e. me so it's like yeah you, there's high highs and low lows potentially and I whereas if you choose to be an employee probably never going to have the high highs or low lows to the same extent but it's a much more stable path and that is just the reality but you're yeah. never going to earn as much either I think I think that's where I'd push back on the e-coms versus agency thing as well like you don't have to support that many people <laughs> ours is a person <laughs> business so we've got not that it's better it's just it is it is as real a business because it's just like oh, it's a better business in many ways 
ridiculous amount of people, which is stressful, but good. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> no, you couldn't. No way. Don't want to. <laughs> no. I, I, yeah. It's just... I'll die by the sword. <laughs> and then I know you've spoken about this before, but how much of it is like you're born with, intrinsically born with the like desire to be an entrepreneur or like go down that path? How oh. much of it is like how you were raised? I don't know. I, like the biggest factors of like determining if I, you're going to go into a corporate job or like build a business. <laughs> I think it's more environment. I had no interest in it until I met him. Oh, really? Like, literally. Really? No, not really. Until I, I met you. I should take a percentage of all these kinds. <laughs> yeah, I know sort of, he's fucking way more cake than I am. <laughs> I, I I had interest in doing... I knew I'd... I don't know. I can't even think about the, the, that far back. I'd, like, started, like... Yeah, I was disappointed when you didn't drop out of uni with me. Yeah, I know you were. Pussy. You were flaming me for weeks. <laughs> you had to go get a degree. <laughs> did you get your degree? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Big up useless pointless <laughs> got that piece of paper I was actually very shocked when you you reached out to me like we've been like three years ago now or something saying you'd start an agency and I was like fucking hell I, I thought you I thought you were a civilian <laughs> I thought you were gone and I saw you finished the degree I thought that was it gone into the depths and then he comes out and has actually started something I was like wow fair play did you try and like did you leave uni and try and take everyone with you or just me because no, we had, we had we the had clothing a, brand yeah we had a oh, b- brand together honestly that brand could have been massive <laughs> Could have yeah, should have, but it wasn't. With it, it would have been. But you got like the, Luke Hemmings was buying that shit. Yeah, you started seeing those dollars from dropshipping, and you're off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I I started read. I, I think I'd read a few books and listened to a few like podcasts in that kind of entrepreneurial self development space. But then I'd never come across Shopify or anything like that until he, you showed me it, and then that was the I was the fork in the path. <laughs> uh, yeah. so that's why I think like personally I think you have to have some fundamental traits but I also think a lot of the fundamental traits if you try hard enough you can change you just have to have a willingness to change and you have to consume the right content but I think it's more about who you surround yourself with and the content you consume rather than where you're from because there's a lot of people who I think both ways there's a lot of people who are born into mad successful families and end up being drug addicts and there's a lot of people mm-hmm. who are born in the absolute state and end up being really successful which arguably shows you that you're that where you come from and, and where you, you start from doesn't matter as much as like the path you, like who you surround yourself with and how you get there almost well I've got a twin brother so it's a good good example because he's a complete civilian not that there's anything wrong with that <laughs> it's just the opposite of me in almost every way and it is an interesting one because we're not identical so we technically don't have the exact same genes but we went to the same school you must have been raised pretty much the same, exactly, right? Exactly, the same. same. Yeah, so I, I, to me, I think that was genetics. We had different wiring. I'd love if you were able to... And then to because like, we had different wiring, we started consuming different things and focusing on different things at about age 18, which when we started to split. Yeah, I'd love if you could map your life out and then almost like pinpoint, pinpoint like these weird like... like who said that one thing to like, me? Do you know yeah, how you changed, changed like, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like the will of being things. The butterfly effect. That has like that, yeah. Like the will of being like decision trees. Like where did that... And what did... Why did that lead to? And like it would, The will of being like five or six like fundamental... You obviously you always said that when you went to see that work experience with your... Whoever it was that you said yeah. that was a fundamental change. Like there's... There'll be in everybody's life there'll be one or two things mm. like that where it's like you went this way instead of just carrying on on that path. It'd be really interesting to see. 
but I can't remember enough about like, like three weeks ago, so I've got no chance of reflecting that far. Yeah. <laughs> on life. I do I do definitely think in a way though, whether it's a sort of genetic and and or environment, some people just have it, some people don't. At a certain point. I don't know if there's a point where your brain is moulded enough, maybe that's like twenty five, so they say. Mm. And past that point you've either done it got it or don't. Whatever it is. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I don't know, I used to be pretty soft <laughs> when I was like, like when I was cocksweighing that yeah. <laughs> that boat. Uh yeah, I don't know, yeah, I agree to a point, yeah. Yeah, he used to be a cox, for anyone that doesn't know. Oh. Most of them don't know rowing. He was a cox in a stone loader when they were <laughs> rowing at um Bucks Uni Regatta. God. Isn't that the, the person probably, in the boat who doesn't probably row? Probably the tallest yeah. cox yeah. in the history of rowing. I'm six foot two. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, why we didn't win that event. Getting out with back pain every day. Do you have to try, like, do train? Just not eat. Everyone was just bullying me into not eat. Like, one meal a day. Yeah. <laughs> For like Such a, a shit life as a cox. Yeah. And that's weird. how you met? Live in the shadow of the athletes. Yeah, yeah. yeah that actually is, yeah. Aw, cute. You started rowing there before coxing, right? Yeah, yeah. I only yeah. did that. I only did that because the one you had was got got injured and no one else would step up. And I yeah. was like, I'll just do it. Fuck it. Do you have a little mic thing? And yeah, yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> it's yeah, funny. It's really funny. Yeah. Very niche. I mean, okay. So also then, how much of like success is down to luck and timing, and how much is hard work? These are like deep. Sorry. Broad. Yeah. <laughs> I have to ask broad. someone successful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think luck isn't isn't a useful thing to believe in because mm. I, I do agree, like timing and luck, but luck is just fucking. You could, I, it's a useful way to look at it. Is it preparation? Preparation meets opportunity in it, whatever. Mm. I think timing's important, but the irony of of that in my case is that I think I launched that neon brand at the perfect time, arguably, literally perfect. But then actually, it was also the worst time because supply chains were fucked, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that was a two-sided thing I also think I'm potentially launching a mushroom brand at the perfect time because I got a better idea of timing and because of the previous stuff I'd done so I was like ah I think now's the right time so I think it does have a part but at the end of the day if someone's better it doesn't really matter when they join the party or the market like they're gonna win aren't they so yeah I think I wouldn't use it as an excuse because it's very tempting I think it can give you a massive leg up but it can't fundamentally make you succeed I think we got a massive leg a lot of everyone who started an agency at the start of COVID got a massive leg up because one you couldn't do anything else other than work because there was nowhere to go and DTC com boomed so it was like well there's you don't have any other choice but there's not much better things to do than work over that period mm. so you might as well do it and then everybody shifted demand online so all these companies wanted to pick up marketing so we got a massive le leg up through that and allowed us to scale way quicker than we probably would have so you get timing but then that only gets you so far and then the rest is like skill set and learning and fundamentals that you can't just wing luck definitely has an impact but you may as Matt said I think you make your own luck over time like you get luckier the more effort you put in and the better you, you get at something yeah but then like there is still an element of luck in everything, like reaching, I don't know, from an e-commerce perspective, I can give better examples from an agency perspective of like landing in someone's inbox just when they want to pick up a new service or when they're looking for something like that is inherently like two things that you have no control over meeting at the perfect time, which is 
I guess look so from that perspective it's there is elements of it um, but then beyond that like your message starts to be good so I think it's, there's always an element of it there and like an undertone of look and timing but there's it's only going to get you 20% of the way there the rest of the 80% is like fundamentals yeah I agree even from even from a I think from an e-com perspective maybe flip it on its head like you're lucky that your supply chain didn't blow up like you, you're like you're lucky that like your freight didn't get lost because there will be people who experience that so like it's almost better to, easier to give like anti-examples of like how mm. you're lucky for an e-commerce brand hmm like your order didn't get shop stopped at customs for six weeks so like you are lucky in a sense that's always going to be there to some degree but it's probably the luckiest part in a lot of it and that everyone probably watching this loses perspective on is you were born in a fucking first world country with a functioning brain like I think 90% of the world don't live in the first world 90% of the world never even have the opportunity to fucking go on a laptop and watch a podcast and learn amazing things for free on the midnight pod I think because they're born in a fucking village in Africa or some Syrian war-torn fucking town and they're worried about their fucking parents getting shot by the Taliban yeah, I think What's like other thing? yeah I think like when you a lot of people do like I don't really do massive year reviews I don't know about you no I usually write a few goals down should. for like I usually break out into like fitness slash health business and then like travel slash something like just yeah those three areas and then write a few things down that I want to do over the next year but some people do like really holistic year reviews but I feel like it's a good time to actually be like a lot of people lack perspective in life I feel like a lot of people who have like problems I'm not trying to like there's there's some people who have like fundamental like I'm not this is not like me having like a, this is not me going down like a mental health problem like angle because that's definitely a real thing but there's there's a lot of like stresses in day to day life whereas if you, where if you actually just zoom out far enough to get a big enough perspective on it it's like you, you're still in a very advantageous and lucky position mm. like a lot of people use this time to take stock of things and I think that's quite a good thing to do is like your worst day is someone's best day times like a million like in many many cases um, but it's very hard to do that it's like that moving yardstick that you always mm. chase yeah. it's like not quite the same thing but and it's not always useful but I always kind of I say this at work it's like if nobody's dying like there's no point getting that stressed about it you know like it doesn't matter if you zoom out far enough but that doesn't always get well received it depends, it depends on the yeah, situation <laughs> but you see yeah the you point. can't apply I yeah. feel like it's, it's harder to apply in day to day life because if For you're sure. in the middle of a big problem then it's like it feels like the end of the world yeah but like when you're when you try to be a bit more reflective, it's like you actually can't kind of apply that and be like, yeah, life's pretty decent when you zoom out. Obviously, not for everybody, but it's useful. Okay, another deep one. What does success mean to you? Because I feel like it's different for everyone. It definitely is, and that's that's a good thing. And not mm. enough people, too many people, try and chase other people's idea of success. For sure. And like that's such a big thing. You'll you'll get this. Will you? People are probably people watch. There'll be some people watching this who will 
basically ch- want to live your life definitely like a very small I don't want to live my life <laughs> shit I know but there'll be some people who look at it and be like I, would, I, would, I want to own that brand I want to live in that place I want to be able to do that those things just especially when you're you, going to bar you know yeah like, just because you do them but then when they mm-hmm. got there they'll be like oh this isn't what I want and it's like I think that's another like reflective piece to do is like and it's like to step back and be like what do I actually find fulfillment in like one example of this that everybody seems to be going with is there's so many people moving to Dubai at the moment yeah and like that is like there's a question about that I think there is it's like all power to those people sick place but like I know it's not for me and I know that like there's reasons why it's not for me because I've got mates here that I enjoy spending time with would be further away from my family etc and that's like having enough like self-awareness to be like that's not what I want to optimise my life around I think that's what like success is different to everybody and then it's about being like aware and it's it's ultimately like fulfilment and freedom and happiness I think because some people who work for charities would consider themselves like mad successful because they've got to they've got to like their idea of a dream job where they get maximum fulfilment and absolutely love the life yeah I'd say success is ultimately achieving what you want to achieve but I think deciding what you want to achieve is probably the hardest part and the most interesting variable Andy Priscilla said success is the progressive realisation of a worthy ideal which sounds very fancy but it's just yeah Yeah. ultimately progressing towards what you've set out as a goal that is success but I think the yeah the hardest part is defining what it is for you but also in society money and success seem to be the only things that are like linked because it's the easiest scoreboard to look at some person has x money some person has x that they must be more successful yeah. but even i've started to realize like fucking hell it's not like i think a mate said this to me the other day like there's many forms of like being rich and it is true but we all look at money whereas actually someone else could be way more they could enjoy their their job way more they could have time freedom location freedom i've always said like i'd rather make 100 grand a year on a laptop in bali than a million quid a year doing something i fucking hate in a cubicle in the city and I actually would. You have no fucking time to spend it yeah. for a start. <laughs> so there's there's different ways to look at. But yeah, ultimately, I think it's it's progressing towards what you want to achieve. But deciding what you want to achieve is the hard part because society tells you it should be money and nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, and there's a lot of that on Twitter as well. Everyone's I, just fucking obsessed with cash, cash, cash. But like, what the fuck do they even do? They sell Forex signals to 14-year-olds. I actually think it's more admirable to to do something that's not money related and be like I have I I don't know I have like as much if not more respect for someone who works on something that provides like they live a decent life but get maximum fulfilment out of it and just like I met I know some people who are just mad happy doing like real basic shit and like and they get mad fulfilment from doing it and maybe that's charity work or something that's quite admirable thing to do Hmm. um uh, you you notice that whole money isn't the only kind of measure of success again with team like we have some people who I know who work for us who like maybe like 80-20 like 20% of the motivation is money but 80% of the motivation comes from like completely different things like learning opportunities being part of something bigger and it's like I think it's hard to appreciate that when your motivation comes from one place to then actually understand that other people's motivation can come from something else until you until you actually encounter someone who's like this is what I want from this mm. and then you realise it a bit more yeah I completely agree I, I also think that the flip side of that is I'm very practically aware of the grotesque importance of building wealth so like 
because I always argue with my parents about this they always accuse me of chasing money and I always laugh back at them and say I, I sold pink lights on the internet for fuck's sake I'm not chasing money the cunt that goes and does a grad scheme is chasing money a million percent more than me I'm just trying to be creatively free and have freedom the freedom's always with my goal so that's kind of success but I know you need money connections and like time time and location freedom to have freedom so I'm, I'm very aware of that so, so for me it's like yeah I, I do want to make a fuckload of money and make tens of millions of quid because I, I think that's a great thing so that means I can help my family it means it would also mean I've built a better business which has impacted more people especially because the business I'm building ultimately I feel like is trying to do good in society as well as just make money so for me it's like health wealth love and happiness I think it's so cliche but like I don't admire the billionaire that's fucking like so fat he can't fucking breathe do you know what I mean <laughs> like I'd, I'd rather be like in great shape mm. have good friends and shit and they probably all do balance out to an extent yeah so I'm gonna have more of the other probably have to have slightly less of the other one but it's finding out what that optimum balance is but optimise around fun that's what I do fun fun like life should in, intrinsically be fun yeah I don't think I've had enough fun recently to be fair like life should be fun like you obviously have to have a balance you can't just be go, a you can't just have like, but then again like I wouldn't have fun if I went out every night like fun is a balance of like what makes up and that again is very different to every, everybody but like building things is fun as well yeah yeah like, I find right? yeah definitely like I don't I find it like when I sit at my computer I'm having like I'm enjoying what I do um so, yeah, yeah. So that was quite a long answer for no it's true though it, I do like also I find sometimes that I've got a lot of friends who are like teachers and they're so content in their lives yeah. and I'm like oh I wonder what that's like do you <laughs> know what I mean like it's I wish I had a brain like that okay like I don't but occasionally mm. it must be quite nice to be like just content I watched a podcast episode last night again it's like my first million podcast I plugged in loads on this it's probably <laughs> probably bad from another podcast but they they did an episode yesterday about TikTok and one of the they were talking about all these small video series that have been put been getting released on TikTok recently and one of them is this guy who gets in a and everyone should go watch this because it's a great episode after you've watched the rest of this um, yeah I can't remember the name of the account so you're going to have to go watch theirs to find it but it's this guy who gets in taxis in New York and and is like, he asks the taxi driver questions like, what's your favorite restaurant? The taxi driver will be like, where do you want to go? And he'll be like, what's your favorite restaurant? And he'll be like, we're going to go there. He drives to the restaurant and he gets out and he says, leave the meter running. And he just goes into the restaurant with the taxi driver and then interviews that, just asks them questions about the life for like 45 minutes. And it's so, and like so That's many good. of them are just so happy with what they do in life. Like loads of them are immigrants that came from other countries and they're just like so content with what they do. They love New York, they love the life. And that was like really in I watched I watched so many of them in bed last night. I was just scrolling through them for ages. And there's so like stuff like that. It's like that there's so many of those sort of things that are just really interesting. Because mm. you are in a bubble. There's a bubble in terms of online business massively. I definitely not enough people the leave the money bubble. Twitter sphere. And it's a small example, but everyone just like jumps on the Dubai is one example of money. The Dubai bandwagon, it just proves that they have no life experience because they're disagreeing with what the masses are saying and then they can't, they can't actually form their own opinion because they don't have enough context or years on the planet to develop their own opinion. So they just fucking start tweeting based shit. 
I don't know what that word means, but everyone says it. Yeah, I, I massively disagree. There's a, there's a bubble on there. And one of the things I fundamentally disagree with is, is the idea that you should sack off everybody in your yeah, life. Yeah, you said this before, yeah. That, wasn't, that isn't successful or wasn't, or hasn't come on that sort of journey with you, which I fundamentally disagree with because it, it then just, it like removes you from, I, d I don't know, it just gives you so much less social awareness mm -hmm. and social yeah. skills. Like I've still really good mates with people from school, uni and like I value those friendships because I don't want to sit and think about business all day every day and maybe if I did do that it would get me further but I'd 100% enjoy life 56% less mm. if I didn't have that kind of other side to it and I yeah, think that's I just like such a stupid narrative like so like it's so like short-sighted it's like Kruger curve or whatever and it's the same shit it's yeah. like woke yeah woke the, <laughs> caveman the basic dons the middle dons who think they have to like read yeah. books 18 hours a day and they can only speak about Andrew Tate and fucking go to Dubai because they're based and all this shit and then you get the dons that are actually really fucking smart who are much more like the basic dons because they just get it to a level that yeah. the, the fronters don't understand it's like oh, yeah 100% if it all applies those, to every aspect of what you're saying a lot of those people who sacked off like mates will definitely get to like 30, 40, 50 and be like oh I've got a successful business but I've got this like I've got this like trophy wife that yeah. I really wanted, and then like, but oh, I've got nobody around me that I actually have any like long term deep connection with. It's just like so stupid. So those people keep you grounded as well, right? If yeah. You're, like in your own head, and you spend a lot of time on your own, working on your own business. Like. Yeah, it's again they're they're all also successful in their own right because they're doing things they enjoy and mm. buildings. Like it's just yeah, it's one of the things I just fundamentally disagree with but a lot of people would push back the other way I might ask the Dubai question because there's there's a question on here about like everyone is pumping Dubai and dumping London what are your thoughts but that's very specific I, I was yeah I was talking to Jack sat there I was asking him about this earlier um, just to reference him um I think that it's like as I said this earlier like Dubai and London it's just like choose what you want like I mm. I know loads of people who move into Dubai who would enjoy it and again like, I'm not good at a lot of I think there's one thing is people go to Dubai and then bash wherever they've left yeah which I don't understand because it's like just because you don't like somewhere doesn't mean that someone else wouldn't like somewhere it's this idea of like absolutes of like oh this place is absolutely better than that but it's like well, no, I can have an opinion that I, I, I don't want to move from London to Dubai because one, I don't really like, I, don't, I just don't think I'd like it living there. Two, I've got mates and family who I value seeing on a regular basis here mm. or close to London, which is inherently easier to do and in, inherently easier to maintain those relationships if I'm not a five hour flight away. Um, if, like, yeah, we'd make, I'd make considerably more money, but like money isn't everything. I, I currently have, I'm fortunate enough to have enough money to live the life that I, I don't really like comfortably. Like I get more fulfillment from the work I do than the money I earn now. And that's like definitely a better place Bloody to be. Bloody sound 50 million liquid. <laughs> definitely Saw with us, NASDAQ. Um, but I, don't, I think like the idea of London versus Dubai is such a stupid argument. That's something you have to look at yourself and be like, what would I enjoy? I'd encourage anyone before, like what people need to realize is living somewhere and going on holiday somewhere is two fundamentally different things. If you're gonna to go to Dubai, you should go there on holiday first and then maybe go there for a, a month 
and then try and not treat it like a holiday try and treat it as if you're going to live there and yeah. actually live because because <clears throat> like you have to get into a routine you have to like yeah uh, there's a lot of things um i, mean, I, I, definitely, I can definitely see the dubai logic yeah, in november like, december in, in uk weather though to be yeah fair. and like i can see that side as well but it's just not for me january primarily because yeah. it's depressing as fuck um and like I, I think Dubai I'd fall into a, and I'd probably get into a place where all I did was work whereas I'm trying to get more out of that and more into a place where I work to enjoy the time Hold of at work is he settling? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not settling because you can still get enough the, 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 you don't have to work 12 hours a day to get I can get more you work you got any girlfriend? no <laughs> I'm sensing new girlfriend and I'm no. jealous um I, I want a more balanced life and I just fucking sit there realising that romance isn't for me so I may as well try and be a billionaire and um, then I can buy cars and just hope that one day she looks at my profile and cries <laughs> the question was Dubai versus London I'm trying to say that you need to make that decision for yourself mm. that someone yeah, trying to, pro- someone trying to project too many decision. dons that have self-proclaimed like fucking Twitter entrepreneurs of quit their job four months ago and they think they're fucking Steve Jobs and they just jump on the trend why is it about like I mean, it's because of the tax but like I'd, I'd tax and weather but there's other ta- tax and weather but like I would, I would better places it's like 50% more I've always income. said that's not for me and everyone's been like why and it's like it's just like make more fucking money so it's not a problem like, it's just like <laughs> or just don't put that before every other aspect yeah, of life yeah. like money again like it's what you again, this probably stems from what you def- what and then I don't want to then because it would be contradictory for me then to say that those people are wrong for making that decision. No, it's great for some people. I'm sure there's some exactly. people Exactly, so like if, it's, if that's your like life goal and your, your, even if it's just for short term until 30, you just want to make as much money as you can. Mm. I'm not saying that's the wrong decision either. Like you can, all power to you, you should move there. You should cash it in and then move back or do whatever you want. Um, like Joe's moving there, my business partner's moving he's there. He's moving there? I think so. He's going there for two weeks in January to see if he wants to see if he'd enjoy moving there. Um, and that, that I, like, I can see him living there. I think it's like he, yeah, I think he, he enjoys it a lot. Um, I, I can see that. I can see myself doing it three months a year. I, I, I Get that know, residency. I, could. I couldn't that now, but I think maybe in a couple of years I could. This is what I mean. Like, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying either way is better. Mm. It's just for me right now. I wouldn't move from where I am to Dubai. I wouldn't make that decision right now. When when knowing myself and what I enjoy the two setups but yeah Don seems to jump off the whole bandwagon with things like the whole London's a shithole dangerous now mate Brixton where your fucking mum's from is a shithole if you live in a nice place <laughs> it's think, not a shithole it's the same with anywhere I think people just need to appreciate that subjectivity is a thing exactly. like there's so many people who just push like yeah. this absolutist narrative of like yeah. this is the only way of thinking or this is the only way to do x y and z it's like no there's so many ways to approach life and get to the same outcome it's the same as the thing about like what job you do right if you want to be like a teacher or like just do do a nine to five or whatever yeah it's just about what you want for yourself and Mm -hmm. then kind of just blocking out the noise of what other people think I've started physically unfollowing people who just like say this is the only way to do things because it's just like a really poor way to approach life yeah where would you live if you could live in another country if you had to. You're way more, uh, I'll go second. I'm painfully untraveled and that's way more, you're both way more traveled than me. Yeah, I've been to a lot of places. I, I think, I think I'll think i give one that's an obvious one and then I'll give an interesting one. 
I like Bali, but even myself, I've been like five times, but I haven't been for three years. I'm pretty excited to go back. Apparently it's been kind of fucked since then because it's become way more mainstream, which I can understand. But I, I, I couldn't live there. I don't think I'd base myself there because it's still a third world country at the end of the day. One I did like, and I can see myself living in for a while, is Brazil. I went for the first time in March last year. I feel like it's a place called Leblon there, which is like Changu in Bali, and I'm pretty, I would put money on it as the next Bali in terms of like nomadic community. Well, they always shift. They'll move from Bali Yeah, it was cool. Else. Like the weather was sick. Is it like surfing stuff? Like the same kind of... Similar vibe to Changu. Nice. It felt more developed in a way. I think Bali's got the thing of like so many Australians I think go there. L- Lisbon like, is cool as well. Lisbon's definitely, oh, yeah, li- I definitely live there. Been there a few times. I think in Europe, like I feel like community-wise as well. Lisbon, I could do Barcelona, I think. Barcelona's yeah. pretty Yeah, sick. similar sort of vibe to Lisbon. Slightly it's, more beachy. I think if I was mainland Europe, I'd hop around a lot. I wouldn't, being English, if I was going to move to Lisbon, I'd be like Lisbon for a month, Barcelona mm. for a month, because it's quite easy to travel through mainland Europe without like that much effort. I think I'm getting the bug to fucking travel more again next year, but I say that, I've been away like 10 times this year, which for me was a, a slow year. I think, so I think it's good to have a base somewhere. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's just inherently more productive to be in one location for an extended period of time. Whether Even, even if that's like two weeks, yeah, like go and live in one place for th- maybe a bit longer than two weeks, maybe a month at a time. It's like if you're going to gym, week, 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 work set up, and like general infrastructure. They're like the few things you gym, work set up, and Wi-Fi. They're like the three things you need. I'm also a massive fan of a hotel over at Airbnb. I'm not having the argument that Airbnb is better. Yeah, it's just living in a hotel is kind of weird. Yeah, yeah it is definitely. To answer your question about living, the place that I've been that's, that was hands down the place that I could definitely live in San Diego. I thought San Diego was fucking mm, sick. I've been, it's cool. So mad. So I accidentally drove cool. into Mexico there and got accused of being a drug dealer <laughs> and we went past the border in 2019. That's, that's not a made up story. That's like a, it's just a cool place. It's like, I love that it's on the beach. I love that it's hot all year round, but then it's got like, it's just really nice as well. Like it's, it's, it's like, yeah, just just really nice. Um, but I'm, yeah. I'm really, really, poorly travelled yeah, I've never been to Asia so no, I've never to. been to it's South America either. Asia's crooked when you first go so I was landing Asia's in Thailand in 2017 so, well, and I got my drink spiked on the first night and the rest was history been to like Middle East but never Asia right. this, is, this is when everyone jumps on me being like oh you can't have an opinion on Dubai you never travelled anywhere yeah <laughs> um, yeah I need to go to Asia I want to travel more for the, over the next few well probably not this year but I just don't think I can do it this year That's you also meet on. the best people you meet interesting people yeah like in the most unexpected places I think I've travelled quite a lot but not like further afield which I think is the more beneficial because it's like you meet a more diverse surely Mm. you meet a more diverse range of people if you go to Asia compared to fucking mainland Europe like vastly different okay this is another audience one I guess it kind of links to like having a routine and not travelling maybe but do you set day to day routines do you do the same thing every day this is the Oliver Hudson podcast featuring the Midnight Pod and Lucy. You just need to pipe up. I'm off form today. I'm leaving it to you. I'm fucking, I've been drinking wine for six days straight. It's a good balance though. You dominate some. I don't yeah, I do have a bit, a bit of a routine. All right, I'll do have a routine. I think it generally probably stays fairly similar even if I go away. It tends to be, I don't eat breakfast. I try and do all the, the hard shit before lunch in terms of work, like generally speaking. And then afternoons, maybe more creative shit, tend to go to the gym, 
in the late afternoon and then in the evening depends where I am but probably do more like creative work and shit like broadly speaking that's kind of the routine and I've always been that way get up early don't eat <laughs> drink coffee drink rainbow dust so if you're working abroad do you do the same thing yeah pretty much to an extent yeah always try and work and do the shit I need to do in the morning so then you can I do just, what you want I just six scoop rainbow dust on them yeah. this morning it was power yeah. absolute power <laughs> I was seeing stuff <laughs> um I don't know through the last this is something I'm trying to get more into in Jan onwards is because for the last like five months I've been an absolute slave to my calendar because I've had so many phone calls there's been days where I've been on eight hours of phone calls back to back just because obviously being involved in three businesses and at a top level where you're like more strategic and team management focused a lot of mine time has been come has come like basically being communication and like working with people on projects but into next year I'm trying to put more of a focus on just having more free time because that's when I do the best work Mm. I get so like free like a perfect work week for me would be like three calls and just a clear calendar Mm. of nothing else I'd look just it'd be beautiful it'd be beautiful (laughs) so I'm trying to get into more of a routine I used to have a a good routine but I, I, I tend to because of the nature of the businesses, I plan. I, I tend to plan. Mine's my routine in terms of what I do in a day stays pretty similar, but the timings of those change quite a bit. So, I usually get up at the same time, but then beyond that, it can be. And I tend to plan my week on like a Sunday night, so I'll like mm-hmm. block out like gym and stuff on a Sunday night, depending on when I can do it. Which is why I always rearrange on him. <laughs> yeah, because it's just like hard to keep things fixed when you work across a few different time zones like a lot of our client a lot of like yeah just have stuff to pick up in different time zones different times which I can't really move unfortunately yeah that's one reason not to go to Asia it's the worst time yeah. zone <laughs> I couldn't I could not run two agencies from Bali no chance no that I couldn't like midnight calls were a thing I just yeah, couldn't do it I could do it 6pm to 3am yeah. I could do it I think that's a big benefit of Dubai I think Dubai is a, a really good time zone, good time zone yeah. because you can do like four or five hours of deep work before anybody's mm. on Slack and then you can be like, oh, I've got so much done before anyone even bothers yeah. me, which is a really a big inherent benefit, which is nice. I do think routine's really good though. I think like if I, I, w- I would love to be in a better routine. I think routine is like, just like, even like if you watch Andrew Huberman getting, like getting up and going to sleep at a set time doing things at a set time getting like sunlight in the morning like mm. is scientifically just better for you so people should yeah chase every that. few months I get this incredibly high risk tingle down my spine that just says I should fuck off everything I know and go to the Philippines and like fucking live in some castle like some weird shit like that there's, like, there's definitely a weird part of me that just doesn't want to conform to like societal standards and have a routine and live in one place you could although do- I know that's more productive and that's what I've kind of been doing for the past three years you could scale a filthy cash on delivery business in the Philippines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no so, credit cards. <laughs> ultimately, I think the best balance is, yeah, a few months, like have a base, do a few months in one place. Well, and then I do like traveling still. I think I, I always get that tingle whenever I step on Emirates. And I'm like, here we go. <laughs> I think We're about if, to have a hangover, but before the flight lands. So it's a big thing that Iman Iman Gadzi pushes is like seasons, which I definitely think you can do. Yeah, if I agree you do with it that. right. You can you can 
you can work really hard for two quarters of the year and then spend the other quarter of the year spending three to four hours of doing deep work, but then mm. spending the rest of the time doing what you want. If you str- and then the other quarter just degeneracy. If you if you actually go hard in those first two quarters, like full yeah. lock in, I think that's a, almost a better way to do things. Like through mm. winter, just lock in and just smash it. Like Q one and two, then Q three is that's usually what I've been doing the past four months: September, October, November, December. Probably like the most in. simple life I've had in a long time. But I think you'll reap the benefits in. of that when you get to Q3. Q3 is usually the time when everybody, even like our clients, like they go on holiday. August is the month when everyone just disappears. Mm. Um, and that's like a, a, that's not a wrong way to do things. I think that's a feasible way of operating and almost a, a better way of operating. Yeah. Because that's when you can get in a routine, a really simple standardised routine for six months and then you can have fun when everybody wants to have fun through summer. Yeah. And it's like, just rotate that and that, that can work. And then hopefully get to a point where you can do like one quarter of good work and three quarters of fun. Yeah, I definitely had fun in summer. I, I prefer life in summer. I like being tanned. I'm like a different person. I'm I'm like a fucking werewolf. Like you, the, if there's no sun. You just need that Cape Town mansion. moody cunt. That's literally. Cape Town mansion and back to London for summer. Yeah. That's literally why I live in Asia. I'm a nicer yeah. person when it's sunny. Oh, fundamentally. <laughs> For sure. Like, I, I like being tanned. Like, sunbathe on air every fucking... In summer, like spring and summer. It's beautiful. On that heavy vitamin D supplement. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think that like, if you do go hard with work, then it also makes like the fun stuff more fun because you appreciate it more. Like, Very if you're true. Just Very true. Like, around all the time, then you don't really appreciate... Like, I think I shut my laptop for four days. It was like... Balance, Wow. It? You know, like... Because mm. I never do it. Yeah, it's like balance. Like you would, you fundamentally wouldn't enjoy just going out seven no. days on the, in a row on a lash, like and doing nothing, doing nothing in between. It's like you enjoy working and then going out for like two, one night and then, but because you've kind of like earned it or like you've got a plan, like you can't. It's like you don't want to. Just yeah, do I want to fucking send it in, in Bali and be a degenerate for at least a few days. January is a good time to do that. I mean, I'll still be working. Because I'm just a fucking committed cunt. I've probably not had a single day off my laptop in seven years. But there's an element of it. Yeah. I feel like the environment though as well. Like there'll be other people doing the same thing, right? Mm. Working a bit and then You're off with Jordan. Jordan will be sending it. Jordan will be vaping all the time. (laughs) Most crooked man on earth. What question did we even get? Oh, it was the way, where do you want to live? Are you drinking that pint of wine or not? I am, but like it was... I want you to get drunk. Really, quite a big glass, <laughs> Ollie. Well, through two yeah, it was already. Like, it was a. It was you can, a big you can glass. give some to me if you want. Do you want some? The the oh, first podcast. Can, the first podcast we recorded together. Do you want me to get the other bottle? The, the first podcast. Yeah, there's two more. The first. It might be a cork one though. At the start of this. I'm meant to be doing an hour run after this. The first podcast we recorded together. I don't remember the last thirty-five minutes of it. That was the loosest pod we've ever done. It's also one of the most viewed. It's got a six and a half k views now. Because I'm a big. That's mate. not bad on two hours of some agency cunt yeah, pissed the in the wine cooler fridge. Put the red in the cooler. I prefer red in the cooler. We're not chopping this out. Not chopping. Comment out. your favourite wine. Also, I'm actually. I'm. I've got a sample on the way of unicorn blood. Okay, next question. Go on. This kind of follows on, actually. The biggest lifestyle change you're going to make next year? <sighs> Ooh, I'm just going to exercise more fundamentally. I'm going to try and... I'm going to shift my priorities away from business and towards fitness and health because I think by doing that and basing my day and routine around that, it'll make me more productive in every other area. I, didn't, I, I did that for, like, the first few months and then I stopped doing it. 
So like basically being like, oh, I'm not going to take this phone call because I've got, I'm going to go gym. Whereas for the last like six months, I've just been like, oh, I'll take the phone call and prioritize everything yeah. in that sense. Um, and I've been really bad at that and it's not a good way to go. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely like the new habit of, I, mean, I, I obviously went to the gym, but like the start of last year, I just got obsessed with running and then I decided that being in shape was now a new part of my identity. And then I quite liked the fact that I fucking got shredded in summer. Yeah. And I was like, shit, I don't want to get fat again. It's just George Heaton. So, is a good example. Yeah, of it, he's isn't a good he? example. Like a great example. Fucking, it's um, like train like an athlete and then yeah. alongside you work. I mean, I've definitely let myself go in the past few days. I've had a lot of Christmas treats. I mean, it's a lot of shit. Yeah, but do. whether you stick to your macros or you don't, you're still going to die. Uh, yeah, I don't try <laughs> my macros, but it doesn't matter if you yeah, stick to your diet. Next year, I'd like to get away from the screen more, honestly. Yeah. Like, my biggest problem, I just fucking, it's a lonely process. I don't have enough human interaction. I think what I told you on that episode the other week about positioning yourself in the business where you're meant to be is true for you, definitely. Like you're not best sat behind a computer screen 12 hours a day, not being a creative. You're best being like the creative lead of a of a brand and then bringing other people yeah. to do that function. I do agree. Yeah. So that's the lifestyle change I'd like to make. Basically, do less work, more fun, <laughs> more sense, less <laughs> painful work, more using the mind in other capacities and thinking more. Do you believe in New Year's resolutions? Uh, I feel like yes, yeah, but I think if you're waiting, you get the classic cunt who's like, I think someone actually mm. messaged me yesterday saying, oh, "On January first, I'm starting this." If you're waiting until January first. It's not going to happen anyway. Yeah, definitely not. I, I, I do. It's I, a nice premise. It's a nice idea. Yeah, I, I think it's. Uh, this is like a proper business mentality to personal goals, but I think you don't get to an outcome without a system to to get there. So it's like you can't just be like, "These are my goals for 2023," without a, f a tangible way of achieving those it. goals. So like if you want to, for example, if he wants to run the fucking. 252 marathon, he doesn't just set that goal and go. Well, well I've actually, got to run an hour after this. Yeah, it's like you don't it's just be a bike. It's like you don't just set a goal of being like, oh, I want to get down to this weight without having like a systemized approach of like, oh, I need to do these steps a day. I need mm. to eat these calories a day. I think as long as you set, if you're going to set up New Year's resolutions, you need to set up systems and processes in life that facilitate you to get to them, which is a really like robotic way of looking at it. But that's ultimately how you get there. So like if you're, if you want to get to X amount of revenue in an agency, cause to use that example, it's like what, daily micro tasks do you need to hit to get to that macro goal of like all right we need to send these many messages and like do x y and z so it's like yeah i i do believe in like big goals for the year it's just you have to set them with a basis in like a, a roadmap of how you actually get to them rather than just fucking being like oh, i'm gonna do this and this unless it's like oh, i want to go travel there then that's like Obviously, you don't need a system right, yeah. of how you're going to get to fucking Bali other than books and tickets. But for like mm. personal goals and like business goals, I think it's important to like reverse engineer from the goal to actually how you do it. You're going to shred that marathon at 250, 249. Sub 248 is the new apparent goal. Are you going to do it? I mean, that's a big act. It's a sub four pace marathon, basically. Yeah, it's quick. It's have, you entered, have you entered? Yeah. 
you are going to do it. I think it's 17 and a half weeks away. Which I is think you've got to do it. Well, I did a 5K on, on Christmas Day and I got an, I ran, I've called to Strava, I ran an 18, 18 minute flat and I was untrained, unwarmed up, hungover. So, so I'm, I'm not unfit. I've got like a decent base still because I've been, I've been chopping it over the past 10 weeks since the previous marathon. But with 17 weeks to go, I now need to get, get on a proper program. I think so basically I'm going to do it. I feel like, yeah. I I've, think you should do it. I think you're, well, I think you're going to do it anyway because you've talked about it enough that it's just hard. But I know I know what I know what to do now. I think I don't. I actually. It's just a lot. I don't. Of I don't. I don't. That's what I mean. I don't think you'd actually find doing that hard. I think it's the opportunity cost of doing it in mm. terms of like what are the things you could do. Yeah, it's not even the opportunity cost isn't that big though because like well not fine if you if you have more things going on you get more done. Yeah, like you yeah. just kill the dead time in your life. Like, there's always time to, to go and do an hour run in like, on a treadmill if you need to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just put a podcast on and do it. Yeah, that's wrong. Like, it's easier to say, oh, I don't have time. But then what do you do for the last hour? You probably like sat on fucking TikTok. <laughs> yeah, there's success. Like, again, George Heaton example, he gets two workouts in a day and runs yeah, That Don is a freak. You need to come on the pod. He's a cyborg, mate. Yeah. It's a freak. How much do you think of it as like mental, though, as opposed to physical? Like Matt marathon, I, I've yeah. not got the. I'm not well positioned to comment. I on mean, this. I, I'm not. <laughs> I think so doing the I'm training is mental. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, on the day, a large part is physical because you have to be fit enough. Mm. But I know a guy that was on paper fitter than me and should have got a lot quicker time than me that quit halfway because he just didn't have it in his head. That must feel really shit. <laughs> quit halfway through. Yeah, but. I'd imagine so. I mean. I think you just win the battle by showing up to the training every day. And if you can do that for like 20 weeks, whatever it is, then on the day it should be just like business as usual. I feel like it's probably theory. like net positive, even for space goods though, for you doing that as well, to have like another goal away from. Well, yeah, I just don't want to get fat again. And I, I'm sorry to think, I, I, I <laughs> need to- That's not what I meant. <laughs> I need to have a goal. Yeah. I don't know, it just keeps me. Something like that's not to do with the brand, right? Yeah, and because it's away from a screen. Mm. Although I don't want to put as much pressure on it this time, so I've not really spoken about it. I but mean, you have spoken about it though. <laughs> I feel like it's on here. Yeah, a little bit. I feel like you can do it. So, space goods questions. Do you remember when you first had the idea for it? Well, I was I was going to launch a teeth whitening brand. Really? That's that's how desperate I was to start the next thing. And then I'd been playing around with a bunch of ideas back in like October 21, which isn't even that long ago really. But yeah, I have a document on Google where I've written down loads of name ideas, broad ideas, and I was very intentional about wanting to do something consumable and subscription-based and something that I hadn't done before. But yeah, it, it, it wasn't, it was a teeth whitening brand idea originally, which, which I'm glad I didn't do, because I don't give a shit about that. And then it morphed into mushrooms because I was just researching and I just decided that that was the right thing to do and then my gut told me that that was the right thing to do. Fair. And then, and then looking back, you never remember the exact... Thing that... You never remember, remember when you decided to do something because it just happened. But yeah, it is quite mad actually because you can just come up with an idea and create something. Obviously it takes a while to do it, but... It was going to be a teeth whitening brand and I'm very fucking glad I didn't do that. <laughs> you nearly did toothpaste. You sent me those... What was it going to be called? That was a bit of a rip on it, really. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> you just smiled a rip and be like, ah. 
can do but, better. Yeah. But yeah, it was about a little over a year ago. And then it's been about four or five months getting the first product sorted and then went live. I feel like it's history. different doing something that you really care about. I feel like doing something you don't, like your boring business thing. Like, I, I mean, I've done a boring business before and the problem was I didn't care enough, if that makes Not care enough, but like I yeah. didn't enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to run the fucking day-to-day. I'll move closer to it. I wouldn't want to run the day-to-day operations of the boring business. I just want to do the marketing bit. Mm. I fundamentally really enjoy the marketing side, which is why I've done doing the thing with Connor because I'm more like actually doing the marketing. Whereas running an agency, one like you start when you start an agency, you're very much doing the marketing. When you get an agency to like seven figures plus, you're you're very much operate. You're not even I'm not even operations anymore. It's very much like strategic decision making mm. and I think this every business does this unless you position yourself correctly and bring the right people in to support you on the journey which is what I said to you it's like you have to position yourself where you're best positioned and for the agencies that's where I'm best positioned but like it doesn't mean that I enjoy that more than anything else which is why that opportunity was really enticing for me it's because that, that I get I'd enjoy, I think I'd enjoy that more Which, but then I've got the kind of best of both worlds I've been able to do both at the same time um, and that's. I think that's a bit of. I don't think I'm the most self-aware person. That's some element of self-awareness of being like, right, stepping back again and being like, this is what I enjoy. And then, then bringing people in who are, are fundamentally better than you at the elements you don't enjoy. And like the be- the best thing about, you want to get to a point in business where like you're surrounded by people who are better than you at what they're doing where you learn more from them than they do from you, which is a really, which is the place you want to be really. Um, yeah. Do you remember like the exact, I asked Matt the same question about Space Kids, um, the exact like, moment you decided to set up the agency, so. Yeah, but it was true because we had no money. It's just a good, <laughs> it is, it's, like, it's a good business model. A service, yeah. it doesn't yeah. have to be an agency, but service-based service. business when you mm-hmm. have no money is easier like he, you obviously had a, a, like a, a bit more money than we did when we started we started it straight out of university we had a we took a paypal lo- loan to get a course because we had no cash and then did the course and then was like but i i knew enough about e-commerce to be able to su- supply a service at a decent level and at that, when you start that business whether it's like agency or whether it's fucking I don't even know, cleaning. Like it could be anything. It's like, if you have no money, you can trade your time for money. Um, mm. And an e-com business or an e-com brand, even dropshipping now, to be honest, I think the barrier to entry for dropshipping is inherently a bit higher now than it was four or five yeah. years ago. At that point, you have to have at least a bit of capital to start. Mm. Whereas we were in a position where we literally had no money. So it was through like, it was almost like a strategic decision to pick that business and that vehicle. Um, and then obviously now, like I still love building those businesses, but I'm also doing the other thing with Connor, which is more of kind of like what I enjoy doing, I think. And it's a good vehicle, it's a sick business. What did you guys want to be like before you wanted to be like founders or like set up your own businesses? Was there something you wanted to do like in the, I don't know, corporate or like business world other than setting up your Probably own Probably we used to want to be a horror film director. Really? That's mad. I did not Something know like that. I used to love the idea of films. I still want to make a horror film. You still yeah. love films, clearly. <laughs> I think building a brand is just like trying to make a film in it, really. Like, I just like the idea of building this 
aesthetic and feeling that feels like a movie which is like 1% of the fucking brand but you, you need to spend more time with Lucas that's what Lucas wants to do he wants to move all his money from an agency into like he wants to be he used to, he did film at uni he wants to be a film director basically he's fucking good at it as well yeah I just really good instinctually I don't know I just feel like I get like films and I don't know that sort of shit like, like the dream just movie was just me indulging that and Brad made it a reality but like I, I think, just I view everything like a movie which is why I give way too much credit to girls that shouldn't get it because I view them as like a character in my own movie quite literally and then oh, it, the reality is exist. yeah they don't they don't exist I almost think like your brand is like a that's why I did the 80s movies and shit it's mm. not necessary yeah it's like but it kind of is like becoming a film director is very hard and very low pay until you make it becoming a brand owner is 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 kind of the same it's like constructing this own like thing from your own brain yeah and bringing these ideas to life but it has more monetary and more like it's it's more monetizable in today's like economy i don't know if that makes sense yeah exactly but then it's a vehicle to create reality out of ideas yeah. basically which is ultimately what film is really yeah so that's anything. probably why I got into branding because I like the idea of making movies and shit and just making yeah. shit which I I don't have that kind of level I'm I'm more like I'm quite like a rational logical person with limited creativity maybe I'm just boring fuck but <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm just a creative cunt that got fucking yeah, stuck are. in front of a laptop with shit to do and really I should just be out making movies and well there's still time I also don't want to be the starving artist type though, so I was very aware of that when I was younger. So I was like, let's try and be a rich creative, which is I still the goal. no idea what I wanted to do, to be honest. What did you want to do when you were younger? Uh, when I was really young, I wanted to I wanted be to be a chef, actually, <laughs> when I was like fucking 10. <laughs> First business, I wanted to be a hairdresser, so I used to braid girls' hair in the playground and charge them Cute. when I was like eight, nine. <laughs> it was good, like, until I got found out. But, um... I didn't really know either. I think that's why I like. I had no idea. Fucked off to Australia to be honest, because I kind of tried investment banking and things, and realised that actually I didn't want to be sat in a room with two hundred people who didn't even know my name every mm. day. Yeah, you I went know, to like, uni doing economics, so just, but that was just because it was like what I was best at, and mm. went to uni because everybody else went to uni. That's what I did. I was just like, but then again, uni was good fun. Taught me a lot of soft skills in life. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I did a history degree. Oh, that's, <laughs> Hasn't been to CV. I'm actually. This is interesting. My brother's currently doing his A levels, but he's very. He's quite different to me. But he's all, like, there's a lot, long story behind this. But I think he's going to come work for me because he's like, he's going to sack off his A levels. Basically, he's about six months from finishing. Sack off his A levels. Yeah, yeah. Bold. But it's just like that's an early dropout. Are you gonna have to do that? Oh, if you're yeah, he's yeah, yeah. He's, but it's because like fundamentally one he's not enjoying it and therefore mm. he's not doing his best at it and he's quite a switched on person there's reasons why he's not doing his best at it which I won't go into um, but like I think that's becoming more and more of a thing like the online education space and like this the, it's definitely becoming bigger way bigger and I think it's a lot of, to do with like as much as he's like as much as they're shunned like Andy Tate and that lot like I don't I don't like him at all like really I don't I don't, I don't really have an opinion on him to be honest but like PC. he's definitely like shifted like that whole he is like like fundamentally quite self-development based yeah, like the ability is. to take control of your own life and 
get your own outcomes. There's a lot of controversial stuff he said, which I've not really, I don't really know, to be honest. I've not really consumed enough of his content to know any of that. The same with Iman. He's obviously now got like a ridiculous following. following. Mm. But again, it's like, that's a lot of- He's doing part two pod. Yeah, but that's a lot of like younger people's gateway, whether it's right or wrong. It's a lot of young people's gateway into like probably longer term, a better life than they probably would have pursued because they realize that they can actually take control of their own learning and take control of their own outcomes. They don't have to just go down this one predefined societal Mm. path of doing X, Y, Z education to then get to get this job, Um, which is definitely a net benefit of that, those kind of people regardless of the massive negatives that they may have, which I don't really understand or want to comment on. I feel like we're lucky to be living in like the age of the internet. Oh, definitely. Where you can just go make money online pretty quick, if you put your mind to it. 100%. No. But yeah, I had no interest in anything entrepreneurial until I met this geezer. (laughs) Did you always know you wanted to work for yourself? Yeah, I think when I was like eight years old. (laughs) Didn't know what it would be. But you just didn't. Uh, just knew. I can, I can sense. I kind of disagree <laughs> with you. I, I agree with you're you. On th- is that the third? You're on the third bottle. What the last that? time we had three bottles on an episode it was probably when I was, was in. It was the last episode he was on with Saul, and we spilled a fucking half a bottle of wine. Any clients watching? I'm the loosest episode yeah. of all time. Um, no, I think you did. I think, I think, I think you didn't until you went on that work experience with you. That tan- that made it more real because I I, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't I'd never met an entrepreneur. Where yeah. was the work experience? I fucking worked in mergers and acquisitions in Mayfair for three months when I was nineteen. But that's what I mean. That's one of those things. What I said earlier, where you, if months. you plot like a mm. yeah a life and then you get. A and fork I saw I met rich people that weren't footballers or celebrities for the first time ever, and that changed everything. I was like, wow, yeah, you can actually do that. What the fuck. So that's the only memory I have of first time thinking that. Did you like M&A? No. It was also very boring. <laughs> it was probably hard to <laughs> yeah. like m It was in the facilities management space in a boutique oh M&A God. firm. Which Wait, which is, I worked in a boutique M&A you firm. You wouldn't have known it. I hope you'd be on the other side of that. I had the managing director on the pod. Okay. I hope you'd be on the other side of that in a few years. You were getting merged into someone. Well, yeah. Acquired into someone. Life comes full circle. Yeah, no, it will, but It was very boring businesses, but it was an interesting space. Oh. But yeah, it was it was very Mayfair and suits and shit, and I just didn't didn't like really like that lifestyle. Yeah, that's fair. It was interesting though. I worked in an M and A firm for a while, and like all the analysts used to cry all the time. So I was like, oh, maybe this isn't for me. <laughs> yeah, it's grim. I do think there are people who genuinely enjoy that though. I yeah. think, You know, like maybe if you're predispositioned to like mm. that stuff, I don't know. Cocaine, champagne. Some people like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very like that. Yeah. How many more questions? We have got some more. Oh, this one's about any plans on launching space goods in the Netherlands with actual psychedelics? Yeah, I do have plans for that because that's like the next step in my roadmap. My long-term vision has always been, ultimately, to build a DTC psilocybin slash microdosing brand knowing that that market isn't yet there, but the obvious next step to like do a pilot launch of that would be probably in the Netherlands or Canada, but Netherlands makes more sense. So yes, that there is very much a plan to do that. I haven't yet figured out the legality of how to actually do it, but that is the next step towards my vision. So yes. It's a good, good idea. You've microdosed, haven't you? Do it fucking every day, lad. 
Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Show you my cupboard afterwards. <laughs> my secret little cupboard. I won't bring it to Bali, mind. Yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> I'll probably feel like shit for two weeks. That's the problem. I've done it a bit. It's good. I do think it's definitely like a fundamental... It is a shift in sight. It'll hundred percent happen in the next. I, I think it'll happen. It's it happens with everything. It happens faster than you think it'll happen. Mm. Like AI will happen faster than you think it'll happen. Psychedelics will happen faster than you think it'll happen. Well, I'm just, glad, like, I'm just glad I documented me saying this is going to happen. So in ten years' time, yeah. when we're fucking listed on the Nasdaq and I'm worth fourteen billion dollars, <laughs> we can look back at this. So that was a decent little investment. Yeah. Uh, this is another audience question. The biggest thing you've learned from your mentors or a mentor? Mentors? Ooh. That's a good question. Yeah. So many things. I'm very fortunate to have many impressive people <laughs> that have been direct mentors to me, particularly in the past year. Yeah, I think you've got a few lot. things. You've got a yeah, lot more I'm direct contacts. I can do what the fuck I'm doing. You've got a lot more direct contacts with much higher level people than I have. Um, so you've, yeah, go on, you go first. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like some, I mean, there's so many things. I think I always really find the, so many things. I always find the things that come from those people usually are so simple. Mm. And it's, like, so, it's, it's the Kruger curve again. Yeah. So high level, but that's that simple. It's like, like it's like oh, you sh- you should just do more of what you're good at, yeah. and, le- and, and yeah. less of what you're bad at, and yeah. and you should hire more people to do the things you don't enjoy. And then you look at it and you're like, fuck, that was mad. And it's just like yeah. actually, it's so fundamentally simple that you're like, why didn't I think of that? But then when you're so in it, you you can't like zoom out. Mm which is it is yeah so like a lot of them come from like very small nuggets like i i haven't got many tangible examples because i as i say like i i consume a lot of content for when i'm trying to find actionable things but i usually do like a seek and find mentality of like i need to solve this problem so i'll go find it whereas you've got a lot more like you've got a lot wiser network of people and a lot more people who you just talk to generally yeah there's so many broad and specific things one thing on a broad level that sticks out is when I when I last saw Jack, founder of Wayfly, we we're both fucking loose, very, very <laughs> loose. So our house like two months ago, and he just said something. It was ob- obvious, but he just said the thing he's learned is that he's not that intelligent. All the really intelligent people come and work for great companies. The less intelligent but more risk taking people start the companies and make all the money. And like on on a big big scale, and it's so true, isn't it? Because if you're really intelligent. You, and you're not a risk taker you're never really gonna you might get a nice six figure job and a fucking whatever but then you get the comes freaks back to, like to Elon. the risk point you've mm-hmm. got to be a fucking loose risk taker to ultimately put that make that thing that the intelligent people can come and work on but that was a bit like fluffy um, I suppose on a more practical level which made be more useful um, loads of things I think one thing that's changed the way I look at building a brand is that I've always been 100% D to C in the past. And then the more I actually speak to founders of much bigger businesses, you realize that yeah. very few big one. brands are actually completely either all D to C or even majority D to C. Like they seem to make all their fucking profit and real money in retail and wholesale and stuff. And so, it just got me thinking about sales channels rather than just marketing channels. Cause I, I'd always yeah. just been marketing channels to my website, but then 
I look at a certain business and like they're doing less than they're doing less numbers than we are online, but they're a much bigger business because they're doing a fuckload in different channels. And I'm like, wow, wait a minute, I'm probably looking at this the wrong way because CACs are going up. It's basically very hard to be profitable D to C. That's just a fact. Yeah, unless you kind of mine. Um, <laughs> just no, no. the truth. <laughs> so now it's like, well. Yeah, just looking at trying to mix the channels for everything sales marketing don't be as reliant on one thing which is probably what a lot of people are like I certainly was in the past it was Shopify website Instagram marketing channel that was basically it and yeah. I just Chad scaled that but then if you lose one of them you're fucked yeah mm. and also diversification increases multiple it's more stable it's wholesale is inherently more almost like more valuable than D2C it's way more predictable because well I don't know maybe it's not I think it's, so it's, yeah, yeah I, it, I'm it, trying to do more of that yeah mine's probably I had one big revelation in January from a conversation about how to like view business as a whole and just the fact that you should always zoom out you should have like try and get a holistic overview zoom out find your bottleneck focus in yeah, you said that I actually wrote that down when you said that relent <laughs> relentlessly solve that bottleneck zoom out and just repeat that process every however long you need to just do that over and over again and your business will just grow exponentially because people focus on the wrong shit people sweat the small stuff not every lever is built equally and it's impossible to work out what lever you should pull until you have that overview of like where is the bottleneck like you can be printing money on Facebook ads but you can have no customer service and you can be losing like or you can have no fucking supply chain and you, you can get hamstrung by different things and try to get that holistic overview your business is massive um, and then similar to what he said like you want to surround yourself with people who are better than you at things and like that's a big thing that one guy taught me is like you should you should try and it also makes it so much more fun when you can learn from people you're around like mm. some people I work with are just like ridiculously sick people and I just love working with them because they teach me so much in different ways that's mm. kind of a lesson in itself yeah the other thing that Alex Packham taught me and it's a whole like phrase I now refer to is thinking about like how to actually structure the business from the start like the whole st the whole strategic narrative he said and I thought it was so interesting maybe I've just got obsessed with it but it's the way you position a business to like investors but also the market and like yourself and not just selling products but like I view this as like a mental health technology company whereas I could just say yeah we fucking sell supplements like which one sounds more valuable to the right people do you know what I mean it's like building the vision of a brand and starting at the end as well which I've never really done in the past First and engineer. if like an exit is a goal or whatever well, would you need to actually fulfil that to tick those boxes to make that possible because a lot of people probably just chad scale and you know, they, they don't really know what they're actually working towards yeah and I think always having something that you could do that you haven't done yet as well is a great narrative, especially when speaking to investors and shit, which I'm doing a lot of. You know, like, if I can say, well, we've done this with one skew in one country, we don't even scratch the surface of basic supplements, let alone, like, fucking the, the psilocybin market and so on. So just thinking really far ahead of what something could be right from the start. Reverse engineer, yeah. Yeah amongst many other things okay and then I don't know maybe we'll make this the last one yeah 
That's like two hours on the dot, so we can do the last one. Oh, sweet. Wait, I want to ask you about your business first. Oh, You're starting a business, so... <laughs> started. 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 Well, I was going to ask you, but I wasn't yeah. sure if you're allowed to speak about this shit, because of... I can speak about that, I just can't speak about... I'm coming back on the podcast and, like, I'll come oh, back yeah. and talk okay. about it. Well, yeah, um, what, are you, what are your plans? What are your plans for 2023? So Personal, business? My plans... Um, <clears throat> so I've been building an agency which I'm calling an operational consulting agency. I think it's a good position because a lot of people need help with that. Like, I mean, my background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but like, not even just him. Like, Case there's study. so many businesses we work with. We work with, we've worked with like two, probably 200 clients this year. So many of them, they've got great products and they can, and they get someone to market it, but then they fall down on ops. So it's a, it's a really good position to be in. I think like back to your point about like doing things you love, like I just like fixing problems and I like organizing things, as you know. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> which Matt does not That's like so doing. So many people struggle with that. Which, yeah, like a lot of people hate, I realize. Yeah. Um, so I've been building an agency, hopefully launching properly next year um, to be able to help founders in Hong Kong and everywhere in the UK. Global. But yeah, that's a Q, end of Q1. Nice. Yeah, definitely come back on. We can go through the full ops and we can give Matt a big lesson on yeah. operations <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> on yeah. how like keeping nice tidy folders. <laughs> yeah, it, honestly, like, so many businesses we work with, it's mad how they have like you know they'll be they'll be doing like fucking five hundred k a month, and then I'll be mm. like, oh, how do you do X, Y, and Z? And they're like, just got a Gmail inbox, and I'm just like. Phew. Like how you do how you doing this how you surviving I think that's the thing like a lot of it's like the boring stuff right but I actually yeah. enjoy doing that so that's uh, yeah being like systems and and operations for like it's it's almost like a mindset in itself like documenting processes it, it, it is boring I don't do that I, shit it's boring because it's like taking things that you know in your mind mm-hmm. where you think like oh I don't need to document this because I just know it but then it's like well I can't remove myself from this process unless I do it. It's yeah. like not, not many people have that mindset, so I think that's a good value prop. And it's also like when founders don't wanna hire, like I think you said earlier, like you have to have like 90 agencies, right, to run a brand. Yeah. Well, if you need like a, a different company for every single problem you have, if you can find someone who can do like 10 of those problems at one yeah, go. 100%. In theory. Yeah, <laughs> in practice it's a lot harder. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I did used to have a boring business as well. What was your boring business? I used to source packaging. Oh, that's beautifully boring. Yes, yeah, so boring. <laughs> I love a boring business. <laughs> it was really bad. I also sourced like- You tomorrow. should try and start the most boring business possible just yeah. out of principle. Just yeah. like timekeeping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. come up with the most boring business. Yeah. We sell pencils to businesses. It's like the anti-DTC Twitter. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I come from a boring business family. My, da- my dad sells envelopes, or he used to, which is like beautifully boring. Stunningly boring. Yeah. Actually quite interesting when you look into it, but not right now. <laughs> a lot of SKUs, a lot of SKUs, many different size envelopes. Mm-hmm. Do you do large large packages as well? Mm-hmm. Or just Amazon, yeah. lots. Nice. Custom packaging. Yeah. Okay, um, one, go more, on. one more question. Um, it was an audience question as well. Um, the one piece of advice you'd give someone setting up a business in 2023? Um, I'd probably <laughs> say don't do it yourself. As in, that doesn't mean don't found it yourself. That just means... Have people. At least know someone else going along this, going mm. through a similar 
path of hell because yeah. it is and you will suffer <laughs> so I think you need to have some people around you doing it originally for me that was like one mate that I knew Adam who I'm going to Bali with tomorrow he was like the OG and then it was more mates and then now I guess I have investors that, as well was that POD Adam? Yeah, yeah the pod god the richest man in Leeds <laughs> yeah fucking hell so I'll probably just say that broadly um, don't be the only can you know doing it I don't I don't it depends like I think there's there's two ways to uh, to approach it there's one you can find the best vehicle to make money depends what again what you want to do with mm. business like, I, I'm a big proponent of like you're not going to get fulfillment just from starting a business like you're not just going to mm. get fulfillment from making money like you are short term and like I, I think that's still like justifiable so you can either go and find the best vehicle and start like a service-based business if you've got no money and start there and make money and then transition into what you want to do long-term. Or you can write everything you're good at on one side of a piece of paper <laughs> and, and everything you're interested in on the other side of paper and try and find an intersection with, between that and start a business. There's so many opportunities in the world, like TikTok, YouTube shorts, like... If you are fundamentally, if you if you spend time being fundamentally the best at something, you will make money from it over time. It just depends if you've got that time to work with. If you don't have that time to work with, and you want to get out of like a bad situation, then you should find the best vehicle. You should you should go and start a service business. If you've got time to work with, you should focus on like honing a craft that you love, and you'll make money out of it. And that could be like cooking, fucking sewing. The top one percent of anything make money. Like if you yeah. get to the top of something, regardless of what that is, you will always be successful in that. Agreed. It sounds like a bit wishy-washy, but a lot of people, are, yeah. But most people starting this, it's like, I think you should start the vehicle. Most people watching, watching this should, should probably start something that's low cost, time investment to cash output. And then once they've made enough money to be self-sustaining, then transition into what they want to do but make sure when they do that they actually provide a good service because most people just fucking rinse people for money mm. and that's why like our biggest objection as an agency is I've been burnt by other people before and that's because people just rinse them for money and just fuck off so that would be my broad advice Merry Christmas yeah. everybody <laughs> Happy New Year um, have you got any have you got any New Year's goals I can tell you mine I'm trying to reach what, resolutions or goals for next year. Goals. I'm trying goals. to reach 80 kilos lean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably not as many. I mean, I probably do another marathon. Scale the brand. You know, the only goal I didn't hit last year that I wrote last year was I was way off on the podcast. I wrote I want to get to 50,000 subscribers. I mean, you could argue the podcast was the thing I put the less the least effort into. I think 55 50,000 subscribers in this niche is quite hard. Yeah. Like my first million has got I'm like not a, a guru. <laughs> They've got like 250,000 subscribers, I think, and they're fucking massive. So, yeah, I mean, I've split my life goals into categories now, and it's just the brand, the podcast, fitness. Like, fitness isn't as big a time consume, but I always want to keep that ticking along. So, next year, I just want to grow the fucking brand, stay focused, which I haven't done in the past, grow the pod because we've got a good foundation. And I've fucking done a lot of fucking podcasts and I've it's a lot of work doing a podcast to be fair, more than it looks, especially when you start it like by yourself with no audience. And then yeah, probably do another marathon. 
Maybe something after that, I don't know. Yours? Stay nice. Stay in shape. Ours is two and a half mil with saw. I can't give you Connor's numbers. <laughs> kind of, maybe off the pod. <laughs> oh, you know them. Two and a half Pretty mil, sure they're on the last episode. Two and a half mil with Saw. Two and a half mil with Thought You. Grow Connor's brand to a monster. And do a marathon. You can do a marathon? Yeah, but not until like December. Sub three? No, no chance. Maybe we should all just do marathons. <laughs> what are yours? What are yours? I think you could do a sub three. I think I could maybe next year. Maybe six year. months. Yeah, next year. I couldn't do it this year. Uh, mine, the main one is to grow the Leaf Group, which is my agency. And then I also want to set up a network in Hong Kong. Um, and then those are the main ones, really. Quite a social club, Hong Kong. Yeah. <laughs> Can. Hang on. Franchise already. Franchise already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are the main ones. And then just, I don't know, I, I always like to do some sort of fitness challenge. Yeah, I didn't do enough of that this year. I Underpins your life as well. Like, it's just like, you can't be fleshy. Yeah. It's just bad. I'll probably fall in love again and have a new fucking, like, six-month traumatic courting period, and then I'll write a fucking if you do the new bat- movie about should it. Should do the Twitter Bachelor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, romantic. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to take over the ending. No, you can't take up the ending. It's my, want, my fucking podcast. I'll let you I'll let you end it, but I want ev- I want to hear everybody else's New Year's resolutions in the New Year's in goals resolutions. How do we boost the engagement on these fuckers? You ask them for comments. You ask better them thumbnails. Yeah, call outs. Yeah, so New Year's resolutions are whatever the fuck you're working on in the comments and the shit you want to see in 23. Because I know it was fairly consistent last year, but this year it's going to be more consistent. And who you want to see as well, right? Yeah, yeah, and who, and who. Any suggestions, put it in the comments. And, well, I guess, <gasps> thanks for watching in 2022, which is quite mad. I just had an idea. Go on. You could do, like, live pod episode at Pool Party Social Club. Oh, we could. Yeah, yeah. And we, we so can like record yeah. it yeah. Out. Like, in and out. Yeah, and have a live audience. The world's most immersive podcast entrepreneurial <laughs> community. Yeah, any, uh, in, in honesty, any suggestions of For how sure. we can make this better? Oh, and also, I'm starting a newsletter. So go, <laughs> and, put, I've, go and put your got, fucking email in below. If you've got two hours into this shit, like, you and must have some good here. ideas of how we can make this better. So if you've got them, hit the, hit the comments. Yeah. Um, whether that's in person, podcast guests, questions, anything, hit the comments and we'll, we'll do them. And with that bombshell... <laughs> Thanks for watching the pod. As always, subscribe. We'll see you in the next episode. Cheers for watching. Peace.